Good evening, everybody. Welcome aboard. I'm Stephen Hilton. Cheers. We got Alden with us and Zane. And uh, there's Zach with us as well, but you're not going to see him. He's in the background, making sure I don't be an utter failure. Uh, Jake, <laughs> Jake, our fearless leader, is in Iceland. Uh, so cheers to you, Jake. Hope you have fun. Uh, we'll try to hold the fort down, keep everything from burning down, unlike Hawaii. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, we've got some good stuff to talk about tonight. We've got a little bit of trivia. Uh, so, you know, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it, Zach, if you don't mind bringing up that first video. Watch, watch yeah. about a minute of this. I've got to say you're already doing a better job hosting than Jake because you actually sent out the articles before the show. So I actually <laughs> had to do show prep this week. <laughs> nice. I do appreciate being able to prep. I didn't this week, but it is a good gesture. <laughs> you know, I'm cited as some, you know, mastermind of some evil yeah, plot uh, in many, many cases. So, no, I didn't expect any of that. Uh, you know, in some ways... The politicization of, you know, taking vaccines and helping protect other people, um, you could almost say that's a step backwards. You know, I hope vaccine acceptance for other diseases like measles is not reduced by this. But, you know, a lot of people jumped in and took the vaccines, but a meaningful minority in most countries were led down a path of believing that not only you know, was there, were there rare side effects, but that the vaccine wasn't uh, properly tested or was part of some evil conspiracy. So they admit they didn't test it, they admit it didn't work, and there's AP. More polio cases now caused by vaccine than by wild virus, AP. Who wants to talk about meat yeah. allergies and the shots? And watch a report that's so on Band that, Yeah, folks, that was, that was Alex Jones replaying the interview, but Bill Gates is uh, personally affected. You know, he's distraught and he's hurt upset that uh people would think he's part of some nefarious conspiracy you know how, how dare they think that uh, yeah well, I love it the started off that clip by doing something that i absolutely cannot stand which is complaining about a certain issue being politicized he was like oh i can't believe that taking the vaccines became politicized and what these people fail to realize is things become politicized whenever you start trying to force people to do them all politics is, Via policy. is using yeah. violence to coerce people into doing what you want. So when people complain about why is this politicized, what they really mean is everybody should just be forced to do what I want them to do with no debate. I agree. That's yeah. exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, Captain Man Boobs, Captain Dad Bod is so upset that you're not going to take health advice from him. And I just love that he, you know, he, he called it a minority. Oh, there's such a minority of people. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, man, how many people's jobs were in jeopardy and then had to lose days of work because they got Guillaume Beret. Now, I'm not saying, you know, that's a, a big portion of people that took that shot. Uh, but, you know, when you average it over, what, 100, 200 million people, you're going to have tens of thousands of people that have these symptoms and they are very real. Do we know how many, like, even just in our country, like, what percentage of people have, like, no vaccines for COVID? I don't know the percentage of, like, the unvaccinated. Well, first of all, no one's going to answer truthfully on a poll. It's hard to know, honestly. Yeah, so, especially yeah. if it's the health department or, or, you know, my local police officer. We yeah. can't even Am get I it. being detained? Get out of here. died, you know, with or without it or whatever. It's been so you know, muddied the waters with that. So I hear you there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's sure there's some cities on the left coast that are going to have that data because you had to show your passport to get into a restaurant. 
and you know people actually went along with that but how many of those passports were falsified how many people have access or have the ability to enter people into that state database because again it's humans entering the data on other humans there's your flaw you know yeah, you just find a nurse you know single mom nurse hey i'll give you 500 bucks go ahead and put me on that system i'm ready mm -hmm. i'm ready to go out to dinner i'm tired of sitting at home yeah i didn't even go to much and participated much when i was living out in washington when this happened and i didn't because i just didn't even i didn't have the vaccine or whatever i had a hard enough time when they started doing the mask mandate and but i was like if you know if they don't want to let someone in on you know at the private business level choice whatever even though we could talk about how this was like a cultural wave you know phenomenon or whatever but when it started getting to the point where you had to like prove that you were vaccinated to like go anywhere i stopped going to like anything at that point it was frustrating but i wasn't about to go the other way with that so oh yeah well and i got i got to the point too that, you know i went in home depot or kroger or something like that going grocery shopping you know in the little 14 year old minimum wagers like sir do you have a mask i'm like oh six feet stay back <laughs> that's a good yeah, point just keep walking. <laughs> like oh, yes, sir, oh, sorry. Like, you know flipped a lid and like got in someone's face when they like had their mask like down over their chin when they were doing something you know like on set with like you know he was like a gaffer or something and he got like up in his grill or whatever and it's like you're making more of a problem you know assuming we're supposed to be going by all these rules if if these any of the you know the distancing rules if if we treat these as axioms or whatever like if they're even correct then he's more of an issue right now getting close like face to face with someone than just leaving them to do their own thing they're outdoors by the way anyway oh exactly yeah well, and i had people try to fight me because i wasn't wearing a mask uh, you know people much larger than myself <laughs> trying to fight me and uh Bro, you better put your mask on, man. You're about to hurt some people. I was like, I will sneeze on you. Stay away from me. <laughs> and that kept him at bay. It's like, if you're that scared, like, you're not going to get close enough to even hit me. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> so, so silly. Yeah, it's just wild. You know, and then you compare that to RFK. I don't know if you guys have seen him with his shirt off, but dude is jacked. Holy cow, that's, that's not Gates. Photoshop. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's probably on the juice because he's, what, in his 60s. Yeah. Uh, but you know, homeboy's useful, right? Yeah. <laughs> All the fiber in his diet. <laughs> that's right. But I agree, though, with Zane to circle back. I think that's a good point, and it becomes politicized when you make bad policy around a thing and then expect everyone to go along with it just because now it's written that it's a rule somewhere. Right. Well, and, and you jeopardize people's livelihoods. You know, you, you threaten their ability to provide for their families and themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, people lost their jobs. There were people. How many people do you think got the shot that didn't want it, but were in a position of fear to lose their job and their security and their safety in, you know, financially and it's got just the shot just I mean, because, I'm just you know. here. I would say at least a third of the people that took it. I, I bet there's a, a very high number of people that were felt pressured on some level, consciously or unconsciously, and got it, you know, either against their better judgment or before they, you know, might have normally. When, you know, how many people got threatened too that, you know, hey, you don't have to have the shot to work here, but if you don't take it, you're going to get tested at the beginning and end of every shift. Mm. Uh, you know, you're going to have to wear a mask. You're going to have to do this. You're going to have to, you know, extra sterilization, humiliation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know. But, ostracizing like social procedures that exactly like, alienate but if you, you take it none of that 
and we'll give you $500. I was going to say the financial incentive sometimes even. Like, they'll give you, like, some kind of stipend or whatever, like, if you take it. Right. Right. Oh, and so. – and, and- and don't forget the burger element. Oh yeah, and a Krispy Kreme and a burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if the five hundred dollars, right. yeah, if you weren't fortunate enough to have a job that was offering you cash money, then go get a burger. Yeah. No, but oh, the man. other thing that annoys me so much about Bill Gates complaining that people think that he's evil is that he does all the things that you would expect somebody to do if they were evil. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But so, you know, he and all of the you know medical establishment were all coming out saying if you get the shot then we know for sure you won't get covid yeah and then that obviously turns out not to be true right and instead of ever coming out and saying yeah sorry we messed that one up right he was just at some other conference somewhere and said yeah oh yeah we know from the beginning that you were you could still get you could still get it but it would just make it not as bad and it's like no you get you literally said you won't get it, and now you're lying about what you were previously saying. Lie, compounding lie, compounding lie. Yeah, and he wonders why some people don't trust him or whatever. It's yeah. insane. Even Wild. him in his practice in other areas, whether it's like buying up all the like local farms and squeezing people out, or like you know squeezing people out in like the tech world or like whatever. The guy is a megalomaniac, and he is pick an industry that he's involved in. And I don't understand how, you know, he buys his way to uh, a better image for himself by paying hundreds of millions of dollars to media corporations and basically throwing around the world, the word like, you know, whatever, like philanthropy or what I can't, can't say it, philanthropy. <laughs> and, um, you know, remember that, did you see that interview where, I forget who interviewed him, but they were talking about how he was, like, on the uh, the flight list to, um, what's his name, Island or whatever. Oh, Jeffrey there. Epstein. Epstein, thank you. Yeah, well, and, and the weird part, odd timing for this, this is, why, this is something I brought up last week, was, you know. The divorce. Yeah, the divorce happened, I mean, what, a week, maybe two. I think it was right around that time, It yeah. was pretty quick. yeah. That, you know, the divorce happened, and then it was like, oh, he went to Epstein Island a whole bunch. Yeah. You and know, because he tried to play it down at first. Like, yeah, I knew the guy. You know, we were we had We had some dinners together or whatever, and he said yeah. that he was, like, trying to talk, you know, philanthropy again with him or whatever. And then he goes into a whole thing. He's, like, squirming in his chair. And then he goes into a whole thing on, you know, changes the subject and talks about, basically philanthropy as a subject and not enough people talk about it and it's like yeah but that's not what we were talking about that's not the question that you were asked and the fucking interviewer was playing all softball and was like just allowing him to just you know basically because again he probably pays that whoever was interviewing and he probably pays that company like it's insane that's exactly right that's exactly right so you know and, and i just wonder just waiting on the dirt to come out on trudeau yeah you know because big powerful people like that don't have you know their divorces are, are timed you know, because mm-hmm. that family's already been through enough that she's already had reason to leave this guy for a decade. <laughs> Can you imagine being with someone like him or Bill Gates anyway? Like, <sighs> that is yeah. its own sentence, man. Yeah. At least I, Bezos I, got, I, got off easy, you know, because his whole thing was just like, well, he was seeing other women. Well, of course he was. <laughs> shocked? What, what were you going to say, Zay? No, I was um, just going to say that I've heard some people speculate that what happened with Bill Gates was when he was in trouble with the Justice Department over Microsoft being a monopoly, mm-hmm. that that kind of 
for the rest of his life, he has now tried to like get in good with the government and use its power for his purposes since he knows that it can come after him. And, you know, as as a pure libertarian such as myself, I obviously don't believe that antitrust legislation should exist. And I love Microsoft products. And so I I think that we should maybe be careful criticizing him for the wrong thing. It's very fashionable to criticize him for, you know, being a monopolist with Microsoft. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair, but it is that kind the same kind of personality that would set out to create a tech monopoly like that, especially once they know how powerful the government is and it can come after them if they don't behave. It's that same type of person who will then attempt to use the power of government, which is the ultimate monopoly, to get what they want. I agree. No, that's fair. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Why, well, you know, I, I... Yeah, exactly. You know, Bill Gates, uh, his company has produced some good products that I quite enjoy to this day. Um, it's not really much of a monopoly anymore. You know, with, I, I think Apple has majority of the market share. And then, uh, you know, Ubuntu, bro. You know, everybody's running <laughs> Linux these days, man. Um, stuff like that. But didn't so Bill Gates, didn't his dad work for DARPA or something like that? So he's not I think totally right. removed from the government. Yeah. And so, I, oh, I honestly have more of an issue with him in like the uh, agricultural industry and, and, you know, how he's kind of like squeezing people out in there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Iceland, apparently. Yeah. 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 Everyone's in Iceland, man. Uh, you didn't get the memo. <laughs> oh, so uh, let's see here. What do we have next? Zach, if you want to bring up the next one, you know, if anybody's been anywhere near news for the last week or so, You've heard about this absolute disaster in Maui. Uh, from what I understand, uh, latest things I heard today was that this entire town is done, just ashes. You know, and Damn. then uh, yeah, they were saying that it, it might have been exacerbated by some of the winds. There was a hurricane that came through recently, so the winds just really whipped it up. And you know, of course, they had a again, hurricane. Yeah, I think I that, that's what it said. Yeah, what's, what's driving the fight? Yeah, Hurricane Dora. Here we go, coming up in the story. Oh hundreds of miles southwest of the Hawaiian Islands, but, you know, some winds come off of that stuff. Uh, so at least that's what they're blaming it on now. Uh, thank God it's not climate change. Uh, but just wait, that narrative's coming. It, it, it was just in the paragraph you just scrolled past. Did you see it? Go up one paragraph, yeah. Record-setting heat this summer has contributed to unusually severe wildfires in Europe and Western Canada. Scientists say climate change driven by fossil fuel use has led to more frequent and more powerful extreme weather events. Wow, I, they're even you, saying... you, could te- you could tell immediately that this was the angle because this was yeah. this is always the angle. Like I, yeah. I had the I, I had the displeasure of walking past the TV that had CNN on this morning. <laughs> and they were talking about this and it wasn't even the volume wasn't even turned on but i just knew instantly there is no way they're talking about anything other than, than climate change because yeah. any time that any you know weather event occurs they're like this is absolutely because of climate change mm-hmm. they don't even they don't even attempt to make the more nuanced argument that you know the trend of these weather events is is going up over the long term which isn't true either but at least it would make sense They've they've forgotten the difference between weather and climate. We had a whole thing on that, like, was it last week or something, the weather and climate? Yeah, it was in the last month or so. There's a big difference. It's just, it feels, I don't know, man, it's so specific and fishy to be, like, driven by climate change, comma, you know, fueled by fossil fuel industry specifically. It'd be like if you were talking about obesity and you were like, 
you know, comma, like fueled by like specifically McDonald's in every city. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, but we're talking about obesity. Like, yeah, let's just stick with one. It's just, it, it call, you call yourself out on like shoving a narrative down people's throats when you keep plugging it in everywhere. Right. I don't yeah, know how yeah. more people don't see yeah. it. I don't know. Alden, this an avowed so racist and, and decorated art student. This is off topic, but since you brought up McDonald's and obesity, I don't know if you guys uh, ever saw the documentary Super Size Me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we, we saw that in like my middle school gym class and the supposed moral <laughs> of, of the documentary is, so for those who don't know, this guy eats nothing but McDonald's for a month and no surprise mm -hmm. he gets really fat and it's not good for him. And the moral of this is supposed to be McDonald's is so bad for you. Never eat there. But it's like these people never considered what I as a sixth grader at the time realized instantly. Have you ever considered not eating at McDonald's for literally every meal for an entire month? Yeah, it's up to <laughs> maybe the that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and then oddly enough, you know, you get these only fans accounts where, you know, women are paid to only eat McDonald's on camera in their underwear in the wake of that documentary. Really? So, oh yeah. There's some of that going on too. So I haven't explored enough of the internet, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You Man. Get, you get paid for pretty much anything. <laughs> well, so. Some people, I'm not paid to do these things, but some people are, I guess. Yeah. I'm not attractive enough to, for anyone to want to watch me eat. I'll tell you that. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, all our viewers apparently want to watch you drink, so that's at least <laughs> okay. That we'll do that, but no one's paying me either. So, <laughs> good oh, point, man. though. So it's just that's naturally in my mind these dots connect. You know, Bill Gates, because uh, he's one of the guys talking about, you know, we have to be more responsible with the planet. We have to do this and that and this and that and this and that. Right. Something I didn't mention after that last video too. Uh, there's a trend on the rise of people talking about uh, they've acquired meat allergies since taking certain shots. Uh, we talked about this with ticks, but we haven't talked about this with right. shots yet. Yeah. But now this stuff's popping up. This phenomenon is happening in countries that don't have Lone Star ticks. Mm, mm -hmm. So it's it's just the Lone Star tick that carries that that meat allergy in their bite. There's places that don't have these ticks present, and these folks are just coming down all of a sudden with a meat allergy. And then is they it start red doing meat the math. Still the same like, well, as I've the had tick? some medical procedures in the last month or so. Uh huh. And is it just red meat you said, or is it all meat? Well, uh, you know. Right now, it's just red meat that I'm seeing. Uh, but mm. with the tick bite thing, I, I've got friends that are allergic to pork and bacon and stuff. Okay, um, interesting. A, after having that tick bite, uh, but it's just it, you know, it's really interesting too that if that's happening, I'm not saying it is. I don't really have yeah, empirical yeah. evidence. It's all hearsay right now. Right. But if that's happening, it's oddly advantageous. Bill Gates has a corner on the laboratory-grown meat market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name of the one that's like the all plant-based uh beyond estrogen i think beyond <laughs> yeah the beyond <laughs> burger the impossible burger yeah. one of those he has yeah. yeah impossible amounts of estrogen in every bite yeah those <laughs> so i i have um done a taste test where i've had an impossible burger and a regular hamburger at the same time uh -huh. Whoever was whoever was taking my order at that hamburger shop probably thought that I was being a little bit weird ordering both. That is a little weird, yeah. <laughs> but it was for the purpose of comparison, and <laughs> the Impossible Burger is actually not as bad as I think a lot of people would have you believe. It doesn't right. taste quite like regular meat, but it's not. 
it's slightly drier and the flavor isn't quite up to par but it's not bad by any means and if you didn't tell me there's at least a chance that i wouldn't notice right lab grown meat is a little bit different because it's like actual like animal muscle it's right it's tissue. the only thing that's not real about it is that it was never a real animal it was just that one muscle that they grew have you so eaten again, i i have not had lab grown meat but i like again there's because so many people pushing all this stuff are just the worst people on earth it can be hard to say anything good about it <laughs> Bugs. at uh, in principle, I'm I'm not opposed to eating lab-grown meat. I'd have to taste it, but I, I don't think that there's anything inherently nefarious about it. It's just all the people behind it, or at least a lot well, of them, seem to not have the best of motivations. Right. You, you, you might as well guzzle about three gallons of soy milk to get the same level of estrogen from what I'm hearing. See, um, I, well, not from the lab-grown, but from the Impossible Burger. Yeah, from the right, Impossible yeah. stuff, like that you get at the fast food restaurants and things like that. I've I've heard doctors in my area that were like, "I'd rather you take a birth control pill." Yeah, I well, and I would I would say a couple of things to this. One is that uh, I'm not a uh, similar to Zane. I'm not opposed like to the whole concept of this. I just don't want anyone to like pressure anyone into eating it and like guilt them into like not eating real meat or something and just like let people choose whatever they want to do and i am going to not be the early adopter and i'm going to wait until you know long-term studies come out you know to see right. if there's any difference like laser eye things. surgery you know i'm still waiting in the yeah. on that one I, you know, i'm waiting on that 30-year data to make sure it's go just... one at a time you know one yeah, at yeah a time. exactly you know because you hear the stories about the people that uh you know pre-laser stuff you know when they just did it with the the knives or scalpel, whatever instrumentation they had. Yeah. Uh, you know, and they did the, to the like excisions. clean the, the lens off or something, or what did they even yeah, do in that? Yeah. I don't even. And so now 20, 25 years later, they're talking about, you know, they see halos on streetlights at night. I'm like, oh, that sounds horrible. That was my grandpa. Yeah. Wait, you That's don't what, he said the word halos all the time. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. And he drove everywhere. I, oh man, I thought he was going to kill me one day, honestly. With... <laughs> we were coming down the mountain in Georgia and his, his vision is next to zero or was right. And his brakes went out and we were going downhill down the mountain, like off-roading. And we had just the e-brake, the cable brake going down. I thought I was going to die. I accepted that I was going to die that day. And here I am. So. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So See, this is all just bonus time, you know? Yeah. Oftentimes if you just lean into it, uh, you'd be all right. You know, yeah. it's, it's the resisting that gets you in trouble. You know, <laughs> just look at most people that get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> So yeah, talking about the bug meat and stuff, there was something I saw recently. Uh, what are they calling it? Ento milk, or something? Oh like, yeah, like entomology. They're making, like they're making ice cream from cockroach milk. Not no man. And no. they're like, this is the delicacy of the future. And I'm like, there it's being pushed too, man. Like every I'm seeing. I was just talking to my girlfriend about this. Like I'm seeing like like weird things where celebrities are like, yeah, I eat bugs and eat bugs and eat bugs and whatever. It's like popping up everywhere. And I was just watch, watching an episode of. Um, great British uh, bake show with her. It's like, I watch an episode here and there with her, but it's like her jam, you know, she watches it all the time. And the one that I like popped in and watched or whatever, one of the judges was talking about how they eat bugs and they like this, that, or the other thing with bugs or whatever. And I'm like, it's just becoming a thing that people are, I think, like pushed or paid to talk about at this point. We are not evolved to digest bugs. Like I'm not. <laughs> you know, if, if it becomes a significant portion of your diet, you will get sit. It has the... Um, chitin proteins 
C-H-I-T-I-N or something like that. There's yeah. a certain protein in, in the bug's exoskeleton that carries all kinds of pathogens. Like, it's just absolutely terrible for our digestive system. You yeah, know, I can't so, imagine. I mean, I, I had the millworm brownies in fourth grade when we were reading that book. Uh, you know, something about fried worms or something like that. How to eat fried oh, worms. How to eat yeah, fried yeah. worms. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've done that. You know, I, I've been on a vacation and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Give me the tequila worm and the sucker. Uh, or, you know, chocolate curved grasshopper. All right. You know, but a few here and there. Bugs on my plate for dinner. Like, I'm, I'm going to flip out. I would, if if I was in another country and if it was like customary and someone served it to me, I wouldn't want to be rude. Like, there's certain times, but I wouldn't make it a part of my regular diet. Like, yeah. Anyway, I'm not. Or, I'm or not if I was that. in, you know, Madagascar or something, I'd eat, you know, I might eat one of those giant roaches. If you, sl- if no, you slather it in I, chocolate, no. I could wolf it down. I have a thing with roaches. There's not happening. I'm like, grand- go ahead. Oh, oh no. as, as my grandfather would say, I wouldn't make a steady diet of it. <laughs> um, that's funny but uh though and i'm far from the first person to make this point but the weird thing that's happened to like the progressive left and their messaging is that like in the 20th century at least the pitch of socialism was your life will be better obviously it became much worse but at least what the socialists were <laughs> the saying was, was we're gonna make your life better now the pitch of the progressives is we are going to make your life worse <laughs> We are going to make you eat bugs. And you're, and yeah, are still yeah, going and you're going to enjoy it. With it. You'll own nothing and be happy. You're going to eat bugs and that's it, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's like, you know, when they rolled out the common core practices for math, you know, certain grade levels around Metro Atlanta, there was, you know, PTO meetings where they were actually pushing the narrative of, well, with enough training and familiarization, you'll learn to like this stuff. Yeah, right. What? You know, like. And takes my daughter 10 minutes with sidewalk chalk to figure out if she's got enough money for bubbles when we go to Toys R Us. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we might, like, if you're old enough, like, it might not be a matter of time and whatever. But if you're young enough, if you get to the younger generations, like, in school or whatever, then it might, you know, sink in that level. I have done some looking into, like, what the, quote, new mass is and, like, how Common Core attempts to teach it. And essentially, there is... They're teaching elementary math in a way that is only advantageous if most of the people that are taking the elementary math eventually go on to do very advanced math. Yes. Uh, If if you go in, because what they do is they go extremely deep into the concepts behind every single thing that they do and have people like do addition and subtraction and division and, and all the elementary items in ways that is not the easiest way of going about it if that's where you're going to stop. But once you get to like calculus or like advanced linear algebra, if you had been taught it at that very conceptual level to begin with, it actually helps. The problem is that not 90% of people are going to take multivariable calculus. Only 5% of them are. Exactly. So So now you're going to have a whole generation that can't run the cash register at McDonald's. Yeah. So (laughs) you've got to teach it the practical way for the vast majority of people that only need the math to do practical things. And then like, offer it to those that are interested in math specifically, maybe as an well, alternative. That, and, that's, and that's why like, you know, the good schools around here, um, you know, I put that in air quotes because it's, you know, the government schools, you know, the best government right. school, school is still at the end of the day, a government school. It's a glorified daycare most of the time. Uh, so at least the good ones are, are integrating in elementary school, they're introducing them to the common core stuff. And then once they get to the middle school level, they let them use whichever one they're comfortable with. And then by the time they get to high school, 
after they've been through that whole system, you know, since elementary school level, mm. when they get to high school, they've been introduced to both. They've been allowed to use both, but then they're told to pick one. Whatever you one know, they Which one are you prefer. most comfortable with? And that's the one we're going to grade you on. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's at know, least that, has some element of choice involved and it's kind of yeah. cool. Exactly. And we got that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear it. I hear it's Ben Stiller. Um, you can milk anything, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or no, it's uh, you can milk anything. And then he's like, I have nipples, Greg. I got to stop that. Oh, man. Who's milking the cockroaches? Good night. All right. So, uh, Zach, if you want to bring up the next story, um, this is just me. Connect. I, I'm not saying the dots connect. I'm just throwing the dots out there. This is just kind of how thoughts occur to me in my head. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so we're talking about, you know, the wildfires. Uh, is it, you know, is it because of the hurricane? Is it most of it is human negligence? Most wildfires, the vast majority. You know, I'm there was one numbers. started out west when I was out there that was from a uh, gender reveal party. At a park or whatever, where oh, they had like pyrotechnics and. You stole my joke. I was gonna say that sixty percent of all wildfires are started by gender reveal. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was near me when it happened. One of them, anyway. Like, Man, that that's one lit party. Um, but so they throw that out there that they want they want to build this narrative. You know, Bill Gates and the likes are trying to build this narrative that. Um, it's climate change. It's, it's anthropogenic. You know, we're causing this stuff somehow. And on some sense we are, you know, with the wildfires, because 85 to 90%, you know, the vast majority are caused by some form of human negligence or otherwise malintent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of cigarette then, butts, not lightning or whatever. Yeah. 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 You didn't put your campfire out, right. a cigarette butt or just straight up arson. Yeah. Uh, you know, fair. all of these things. So, Something just occurred to me, you know, when I was I was driving home today, and I was just thinking about, hey, that weather balloon. What part of Hawaii did that fly over? Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, I'm reading through this story again. You know, the mysterious green lasers seen over Mauna Kea, Mauna Kea, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure me trying to pronounce these Hawaiian towns is some kind of hate crime in some states. <laughs> uh, but you know, you can draw a line from that village in Maui over Mauna Kea, and if you project that line out, you can fly over all the Hawaiian islands pretty much. Hmm. Like all the mainlands, and you have a tactical vantage point over all of them. Um, you know, and wildfires in mountainous terrain tend to grow. You know, fire goes uphill way faster than downhill, especially mm -hmm. with winds on it. So, yeah. I don't know. Are the two related? Not sure. But, um, you know, is this even going to be investigated? Doubt it. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because what is it? Biden's been on vacation now, I think, um, a, cum a cumulative total of over a year. Really? In his first term. Yeah, he's had, he's had like over 370 days of total vacation. What was so um, George Everybody w. was so Bush. mad that, you know, Bill Clinton played so much golf or, you know, had so many cigars. Uh, you know, and then, you know, George Bush. Oh, he played so much golf. And then Donald right, Trump, right. oh, he played so much golf. And now, like, Biden, like, he's just drooling like himself time, eating ice cream playing video games. <laughs> each time they say it's been, like, the most, like, vacation time, like, since or whatever. I think they said that about you know, in the modern presidency, like Bill Clinton, George W. Bush. I don't know. Maybe Trump, too. I wasn't even paying attention to that one. But yeah, but look, they're but you know, now Biden showing this video of the lasers, too. Like, what? What is that? They're vertical. That's weird. I haven't seen. These yeah. Before. Is that are they doing some LIDAR mapping? You know, some topographic mapping of, of the island for what? 
I think you guys talked about that in a week when I was moving. Yeah. Because I have not seen this. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, this this is I, – I know a lot of people don't have the memory for this, but, you know, this is going back six months. Um, <laughs> it's just pretty weird that China's kind of mapping the area that's now on fire. That looks and, weird. Uh, I got to yeah. look into this. Could be a total coincidence. Probably is. Yeah, we love coincidences here. <laughs> the other exactly. thing with a lot of wildfires can be you know, blamed on very poor public forest management policies. Well, where the people in charge of the forest, uh, the government most of the time, will go in and stamp out any tiny little fire that they see so that none of the underbrush ever burns up in small quantities. So you've just got tons of underbrush everywhere. And yeah. then when somebody throws their cigarette out the window and they the authorities can't get to it in time, they've got nothing but kindling on the forest floor and that just blows up immediately. Whereas if the forest isn't being managed at all, then these like smaller fires will just pop up from time to time and it'll take care of itself. Yeah. So, that's we just exactly what happened in California. Uh, you know, because the, the, the environmental out there. Terrible. What's that? I said just another example of central planning being terrible. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. At what, you know, the Nazis out in California, or I call them the watermelons because they're green on the outside, red in the middle, um, you know, because they say it's, it's for environmental purposes, but it's really just for total control of the government. Yeah. And um, I mean, the founder of Greenpeace, uh, he even left in the late 80s saying that he'd been infiltrated by communists. <laughs> so Really? Yeah. That's not really much of a conspiracy at this point. You know, it's kind of no. I'm not doubting it. I've just not heard it before. That's amusing. Yeah, but California in particular, they're one that they crack down on. You know, controlled burns, controlled clearing. Uh, you know, cutting fire breaks, things like that. We that's, just mentioned this last time um, when we were talking about like because I didn't realize that that was something that had been like curtailed, and I'm like, isn't this like a good idea to like kind of do that because we have like what Zayn was saying, such a you know just like a don't let it burn like mentality, but then you accumulate all this underbrush, and then it becomes more of a hazard when it does burn. So well, I thought controlled burns like down a the good left idea. coast where you have the Mediterranean climate zone. So you know their climate zone again, climate not weather. But it's, it's based on, you know, like seven-year cycles of wet and dry, wet and dry, wet and dry. That's how you, yeah. you know, you have the El Nino and the La Nina and all these kind mm. of, you know, influencing factors. And a lot of times so, you have like high desert, which is like dry most of the year out there, like really so dry. in a particularly dry year, and it gets up into the high desert, and you have it clear-cut or controlled burned. Yeah, I mean, basically all you got to do is clap two stones together, and you got a thousand acres on fire. yeah. So it's pretty weird. And that's I, I want to look at what was the pattern of the, the, the Chinese weather balloon or excuse me, China weather balloon. It's not a person. Um, but, the you know, the China weather balloon going over Canada, you know, the entire province that just erupted in flames within three mm. hours. You know, because that that stuff that was going on up in Canada like that didn't that didn't behave like a standard wildfire. A lot. This was. And... Yeah. There was a tactic, I think it was World War II, that there was like a bunch of balloons actually that were, um, that came over well, that's Pacific, what I think, to here. That's what that we like did to Japan. Market Garden? Maybe that is where they were trying to light fires with them or whatever. I don't yeah, know the name of it. Our firebombing in Japan did more damage than the nukes. In terms because of like, they, they had paper doors on their huts and stuff. Oh, oh, oh. And right. we, yeah, we just put a napalm balloon 
in the wind stream and, right. that, and you know and just let it hit the bottom of the hill and woof whole town's yeah. gone i mean that's just in general just anytime i hear anything with like war tactics it just makes me sad in general but well yeah effective but sad right right but I think that they, it was like zero fires were actually really started that mattered from it. But I think they recovered like it was like almost 50 different balloons or something that one time. And it's not talked about much, but there was like 50 balloons that came over our country in at some point in World War Two or something. Oh, oh, yeah. Now that not. Yeah, I do. I remember reading about that. It wasn't what I said earlier, but luckily okay. the only casualty was, I think, like one kid in Oregon. Like their family was on a picnic or something, and they oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. Like a kid yacht blew up. But, can you imagine? I mean, like, the Japanese were actually doing that, and luckily it didn't result in any damage beyond that. Yeah, but, nothing really like took or whatever from it, but they tried, and they, they, you know, they had all these ones that were set to like, you know, fall down and start fires or whatever. Golly, but, can you imagine being on a family picnic? Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, 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 that was like it, just the cosmic joke of it of like you picking you could go anywhere for a picnic and you pick that spot, you know. Like I, I don't know, that's just struck me as <laughs> yeah. play the cool same music as the ice cream truck too, just for added effect. Yo, God. <laughs> can you can you imagine uh, dropping a bomb and just playing green sleeves? <laughs> Jeez, oh man! All right, well, hey, how about uh, how about we get us some trivia before we segue into the next stuff? All right, it's uh, is it just one on one here, or or is I, Zach doing it? I think it is because I, yeah, I, had a hand I know too the, many of them. Yeah, I had oh, a hand okay. in some of the questions, so yeah, uh, I'll get it set up, but keep talking amongst yourself because it'll take me a second. Okay, all right, so yeah, so definitely weather balloons. That now that's I'm one to that, go on a picnic, you know? Yeah, well, because that's that's something that always manages to evade the radar is anything that's low and slow is it i was gonna say is it a speed thing or a or an altitude thing or both that was a, oh gosh what helicopter what was, was it that was really prevalent in vietnam era um the oh, huey um hold on after the oh wait i don't have trivia up one second <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the next story but anyway, I always make my um, balloons the same way I cook my brisket, low and slow. Yeah, there we go. It's the Chinook, nice. the Chinook helicopter. They call it the Air Cow. Mm. Um, that that's why it was it was really effective because it could fly under the radar and it was just slow enough to fly under the radar. Which mm. mm-hmm. that was you know we had a bunch of Navy SEALs, you know SEAL Team Six after the Bin Laden raid. Um, there there was a um, what was it called? Extortion One was the name of it. I forget what the operation name was, but they actually named the helicopter Extortion One, and they had the entire SEAL team on one helicopter, which is a violation of their protocol, and they all got taken out by a freaking rocket oh, going man. for Afghanistan. I guess that's why you're not supposed to have them all in one, I guess, right? I don't know. Right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why they split up and go in multiples. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was really weird. It was almost like they were kind of offered up as a sacrifice. It's... Um, odd when you break protocol with a elite team like that that knows better and has all the goodies and toys at their disposal anyway like yeah and you put them in an air cow all the in the same <laughs> yeah yeah loaded up hmm. um, that is a little fishy yeah but hey at least we got an obama action figure out of it <laughs> is this a real thing yeah oh yeah no there's a seriously 
Oh yeah, th there was an Obama GI Joe that was made after SEAL Team Six did oh their, their Laden raid. Of course, there was. Right. I want to see a Biden one. That would actually be hilarious. <laughs> no, I want to see. It would, be him, it would be him falling off of his bike. <laughs> I want to see the Biden. Uh, what do they call them? Caganes. Caganes. Uh, it's Catalonia, Spain. They have a, a, a long tradition of making ceramic uh, dolls of mm -hmm. various political world leaders taking a crap. <laughs> there you go. They, they have like Queen Elizabeth is on the toilet reading a paper, and it's a ceramic doll. And uh, you know they make one of every U.S. president. It's it's pretty interesting. Did Trump's have a gold toilet? <laughs> I need to look it up. See what That'd it was. Because when Trump got in, they didn't really have a, a government. Oh. Um, Anyways, we can get back to that later. So we got yeah, yeah we yeah. got trivia. So you know, round one, we got history. Round two, wildfires, and natural disasters. Round three, myths. Yeah, so, it's all um, a little screwed up too. So bear with us. It's all screwed uh, up. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I just dumped everything Stephen sent me into history, and then like two minutes before the show, realized it wasn't all about history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here we go. We'll figure it all out. All right. So you know the rules. You know, wave your hand over the camera. You know, round one, one point each. We're gonna do five questions, not ten. Round two, five questions, two points each. Uh, two points each. Round three, three questions or three points each. Um, and then the whole thing about you know losing points, we never enforce that. So, <laughs> all right. I try not to. I try not to shout out. Is that is that the only thing to lose points? Is shouting out, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if you blow out, I try not turn. to do that. Yeah. Even when <laughs> I'm joking, I I still hold my hand up actually. Yeah. Here we go. Which animal is most often blamed for the 1871 fire that engulfed Chicago? Zane. A cow. That's right. Wow. Why? Yeah, it was like a cow that kicked over like a lantern. And is it? it? Oh, man. A hay in a barn on fire, and then it bada bing, bada boom. It's <laughs> on fire. Bob's your uncle. Yeah. Also fishy. Which, oddly enough, that was the birth of modern day zoning codes. <laughs> see it's fishy man They're the like, wake of oh, the chicago wait, fire these cows are dangerous we got to have zoning now like i'm telling you <laughs> it's fishy well i mean common sense stuff like you know leave 10 feet between buildings stuff like that like that was not in practice that was right. you know, back then in chicago buildings were touching each other they still are <laughs> uh, yeah all right what we got next approximately how many active volcanoes exist on the planet zane Ten. Alden. Forty. I'm gonna Active. give you guys a hint and just say you, you got to pump the numbers up. Yeah, I was gonna say, what, like, does dormant, like, non-extinct? No, 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 active. Qualify as active? Not, not the dormant ones. Active. Well then, like, can and do erupt at any time. Zane. Five hundred. Closer. Still okay. What you got, Alden? I'm gonna go. 900 but i feel like if we normally do this and i always lose to zane i feel like if it was a higher number my answer was higher my original answer i'm yeah. calling on the judges here i don't know yeah. how we're gonna do this one but if it's higher than 40 you can get the point <laughs> so I I, I, i'll give you guys another hint you're both still low well then okay so i keep trying to edge higher you know so yeah i'll give you one more guess and we're just going to give it up zane 10 million 
way over. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna go eighteen hundred. Nineteen hundred. Okay. Well, Alden, forty is closer to nineteen hundred than 10, so Alden <laughs> gets <laughs> And yeah, that's an approximate number. You know, that's not really an exact science, but I know uh, the like vast majority of those are in the Pacific Rim, you know, the Ring yeah. of Fire. I know there's active and then there's considered like dormant, which are like maybe technically still active. And then there's extinct. So I didn't know like if it was like a group of like the first two that could go still, but. Right. Well, and that's uh, any kind of investment talk. People are like, oh, you got to buy land. They're not making more of that stuff. That's when I raise my hand. I'm like, ah. Oh, there's a volcano in Hawaii that adds an acre a year. They're not making more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Antarctica and the moon, you know. Yep. All right, what we got next? What do you call a wildfire large enough to produce its own weather? Zane. Very large. <laughs> Close, but no. Alden. Autoclimatic. It's a good guess, but no. <laughs> Zane. This is probably completely wrong, but for some reason I'm thinking of the word endogenous. Uh, nope, that's not it either. No, it's androgynous. <laughs> no, endogenous is a real word. It no, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. It but it's also not it, so. Um, uh, did we talk about this with, like, the example that... No, you were talking about uh, generators kicking on and causing a lightning storm, but I don't know if this term right. came up then. No, this 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 term did not come out then. Mm. I have no idea, man. All right. I tried to put root words together that might equate to it, but well, let's go ahead and there, give it to so. him, Zach. Conflagration or conflagration. Oh, I never knew that that word had an official meaning. I just always thought that it meant a very large and disastrous. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. If you ever hear the the weather service or anybody like that talking about a, a, a conflagration, it's because it's it started to create its own weather. So that's which, one of the markers of something that is a conflagration is that it makes its own weather. That's crazy. Yeah, like a rainstorm will just pop up over it, which makes the devastation even worse. Because then if you don't have any foliage to catch the rainwater, now you have you know ash flows, floods, right? This whole right. deluge of crap that just and it makes it hard roads. for anyone to get in to do anything about the fire too or whatever exactly yeah you can't really help it from the ground at that point all right what we got next in 2004 an earthquake powerful enough to make the entire earth wobble struck which country zane indonesia yeah that's right it it made was, the day shorter for like a couple of weeks yeah Supposedly, right, with, like, the crust, like, actually, like, folding in on itself or, like, shrinking the size of the planet, basically, so it spun faster, like. Yeah. That was the theory. What's the name of the hurricane dubbed the costliest hurricane on record? Alden. Katrina? Yep. There we go. Bang. Wait, where are we at point-wise right now? Or we don't have to do it. Right now. Just... Yeah. Is it? Well, okay. Hold on. Alden's got Zane. You only have one. Oh wait, no, I have tied. Oh wait, it's tied to two. two. Right. Yeah, yeah it's two oh, to two. Okay. Because you got Dang. the volcano one as well. Yeah. All right. What we got next? On this day in 2019, which high-profile figure did not kill themselves? Oh, <laughs> Alden Epstein. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, I was wondering what the way that was worded. Fortunately, it says zero points. So <laughs> zero we talked points. about that in chat. Yeah. <laughs> Why zero points? You we can't give the answer to a question put this that's this easy. Everybody knows Epstein didn't kill himself. Well, right, okay, but like, but I got it right, and so I want a point. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know we talked about it. I didn't read it, but that's right. I'll, I'll take it a step farther and say uh, Epstein's not dead. I would entertain that. I mean, honestly, at this point, nothing surprises me anymore. So, I, I don't, you know, the whole earlobe analysis thing doesn't really sell it to me. Um, you know, because if you got to buy into that, then. You know, Biden's had a puppet up on stage. I was going to say the that there's five Bidens, like, yeah. And I'm like, well, how does your puppet have dementia just as bad as you? Like, that's not. <laughs> it's good. Know, some of that stuff's not acting. Some of it's probably not, honestly. All right. So we got a tie going into round two, fellas. This is a hot Wait, So now it's about wildfires, even though we had a wildfire question. That's, that, was, that was the disclaimer at the start of this that just kind of disjointed. <laughs> we did kind of slash this one together. There's a good chance that these aren't about wildfires. <laughs> <laughs> so these are about history. Yeah. Perfect. This is the production yeah. quality you've come to expect from the But then each one that I get right, it won't be worth any points. So. This is this is a conflagration of trivia here. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> all right, what we got? What is the name of the tectonic boundary fault line that caused the 1906 uh, San Francisco earthquake? Zane. The San Andreas Faults right the type was so small on that one and my screen i have the little ipad and so my screen's so tiny that i was at a text size disadvantage <laughs> but yes that is what it is that, that's also one of the rock's worst movies ever um mount vesuvius erupted in 79 a.d burying and preserving two cities uh -huh. under ash one of these cities is pompeii what's the name of the other i put my hand up before because I again yeah. with the I was like reading just enough and I'm like I don't know right. the second Alden, one. Alden, what you got? I was gonna say Pompeii. I have no idea what the second one is. Um, I, I think it's some obnoxiously Latin name like Quadropolis or something. <laughs> <laughs> it has to have an opolis in there. Yeah. Um, I'm never gonna be able to come up with it though. I'm gonna just I'm gonna say Pisces. I'm just gonna make up a name. What did Gnome say about Epstein? <laughs> Even Epstein knows he didn't kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll tell you today, yeah. All right, Zach, what we got on this one? Oh, so, okay. Herculaneum. So more like a Greek vibe. Yeah, or a Herculaneum. I don't know. Sounds like but a forbidden body part. Know that. Yeah. At first I got excited because I was like, ooh, Vesuvius, like, I know that one. Yeah. In 1980, which oh. U.S. volcano erupted, becoming the most significant volcanic eruption in the contiguous U.S.? Zane. Mount St. Helens. Yeah. Oh, Damn. yeah. I didn't know we had transitioned. I was still talking. I'm sorry. Yeah. Dang it. The San Andreas you got to keep Saint your Helens. head in the game. I'm telling you, man. I'm not good at it. Yeah. All right. Here we go. The next question. What is the term used to describe a tropical storm in the Western Pacific Ocean? I think Alden moved first on that one. Yeah. Typhoon. Bang. There we go. All right. I was going to ask that earlier, actually. If something hits Hawaii, is it not a typhoon? Because we said hurricane. Right. And I was actually... It's funny I was going to bring that up earlier, and then I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't, because I would have spoiled a trivia question. I guess. Well, the news article said Hurricane Dora, and the news is always right. Oh, there we go. So, so. yeah. 
<laughs> Answered. All right. What we got next? What scale is commonly used to measure the magnitude of earthquakes? Zane. The Richter scale. Yeah. Dang it. Which PSA yeah. about the Richter scale, which I think most people don't know, it's logarithmic. Yeah. Which means that uh, 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 earthquake that's a seven on the Richter scale is ten, is times. ten times worse than a one that's a six on the scale. Yeah. It's not just a little bit worse. No, it's there you a, go. So if it's a nine point two, an bad. order of magnitude more per unit yeah yeah one of the stories i read on that when i was coming up with that question earlier was it was 1500 times more powerful than the bomb on hiroshima for which, uh what number uh for the uh the earthquake in indonesia oh okay. in 2004. wow all right what we got next okay round three what's so how about a score update zachary <laughs> are you keeping score here yeah <clears throat> So Zane's at six, Alden four. And it looks like Elizabeth got one right, but there's too much of a lag. So oh, yeah. not in time, but she got. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. We should like, get out to her because neither of us knew that. So yeah, look, so second place is up for grabs. And yeah. uh, <laughs> the audience is coming hard here. <laughs> All right. So round three, we got myths. In Greek mythology, what is the name of the divine food believed to be to believed to grant immortality to the gods? I think I was Dang. on the wrong side. Oh no, I'm completely drawing a blank. I know it. Five seconds. Five. Uh, okay. Guys. Ambrosia. Dang it. Yeah. There All we right. go. How many points are these again? Are these these are three a piece. Three. Okay. Cool. Alden just took the lead. Hey, history in the making right here. <laughs> I need to get this up on my desktop so I can read these questions faster. Yeah. Or maybe we should read them aloud and not post them on the screen. And that would help me. <laughs> Ma yeah, maybe so. I think Zane's just throwing his hand up because he knows he knows it. <laughs> he just, he'll just, he's like, I'll figure it out by the time it's done read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> what do we have next? In American folklore, what's the name of the giant lumberjack often accompanied by a big blue ox named Babe? I think Alden moved first on that one. Is it Paul Bunyan? Yeah. All right. Bang, bang. All right, next question. This is the last question. Oh, okay. <laughs> In Native American folklore, what mythical bird is often associated with storms and considered a powerful and supernatural creature? I think Zane beat you on this one, Alden. I disagree. <laughs> I'm going to watch the tape later. Phoenix. No. Alden, what you got? Thunderbird. Well, it depends on the culture, though. So, but Thunderbird. Bang. There we go. That's also a... Uh, there, there's a Holiday Inn Thunderbird in Miami, if you want a uh, discounted rate near South Beach. <laughs> cool place to stay. The Thunderbird story is actually really crazy and interesting, and I am frustrated that all of like native american stories get swept under the mythos rug and like no one takes them seriously but when you really look into a lot of their um various different tribe stories i think there's at least some truth to a lot of them and i think it's frustrating that they're all just branded as myth oh yeah but that's a talk for another day but oh yeah well and, and all the stuff around devil's tower uh, all kinds of stuff the grand canyon 
yeah. I forget. Oh gosh, what tribe was it that was at the base of that Devil's Tower? Um, because that was the the constellation, the Pleiades. Is that out in? Is that Wyoming Devil's Tower? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there, there's a constellation. Uh, that might the be Pleiades, the Sioux. You know, a, a lot of mythos around to call it the Seven Sisters. You know, the ancient mm -hmm. Celts they they referred to it as the Seven Sisters, uh, which even they didn't have the technology back then to see that there were seven stars there. Um, Not supposed then, to have known, like right. Yeah. Well, this then, is like the Dogon too. I like no crazy shit about the stars that that we didn't know until this, you know, modern era, like with telescopes and stuff. And go ahead, though. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, that's that's what I was getting at too. Was that you know the Indians around the Devil's Tower? That was one of the things they were talking about. Was one star that was in the Pleiades? They called it Tula, mm -hmm. and they they had this this myth, you know, within their tribe that you know once you attain a certain level of enlightenment, you just kind of make the jump and go home to that star and uh, yeah. you know it's, it's it's a neat story but it's also curious you know how did they see that star right like <laughs> even if you don't have telescopes literally like the story or whatever it's interesting how much is known about the star systems and separating like two stars that are so close together that like the naked eye can't discern that it's not one light source you know night grumpy night grumpy we didn't, uh, I need a so, beer to celebrate my first win in trivia here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cheers to Alden. First win. Well played, Zane. Yeah, there we go. I need to be on the board. I need I need to be not a zero anymore, so I'm happy. There you go. Coming out of that slump. Tied I'll be right back. It feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Zach, if you want to put up the, um, speaking of stars, you know, bring up the, uh, the story about the sun activity. Okay. It'll take me another minute. Okay. Usually Jake's yeah. doing half of this, so I'm half as slow today or half as it. fast. Yeah, if you're half so, as slow, does that mean that you're actually faster? I think so. <laughs> Probably. But, yeah, so get, you know, getting into, you know, stars and going back to uh, the fire in Hawaii – and you know, was it was it man-made? Was it uh, a military attack? Was it human negligence? Was it climate change? Was it natural? We don't know. But one thing that is not going to be false flagged on a weather front is solar activity. And you know, we see a story every month these days of, oh my gosh, you know, the human race almost met their demise because an asteroid came a million miles from Earth. You know, and you hear this crap all the time. But what's really freaky is these X-class solar flares. Or you just said like X-Class. X-Class. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, so they, they call them, you know, CMEs or coronal mass ejections. Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the 1980s, there was one that, that, you know, Canada sustained a direct hit. And it melted power poles off their bases, like traffic signals fell off of their base. Uh, you know, back in the late 1800s, you had what's called the Carrington event. Yeah. The entire telegraph system of, of a whole region was knocked out by a solar flare. Yeah. Wires uh, were know. like on fire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, you know, when Newt Gingrich was running for president, this was part of his presidential platform. He wrote the forward for somebody who wrote a book, uh, you know, talking about how, you know, EMPs are going to take out our power grid. And part of his whole thing, his presidential campaign was, you know, he was asking for like three billion dollars, I think, to insulate the national power grid. And it would make us less susceptible to foreign EMP attack as well as X class solar flares. And, uh, you know, even though the U.N. passed a resolution in 2006 saying that the sun has no impact on our weather. The um, sun has 
all of the impact on our weather. What are they talking about? That's where any of it comes from. Exactly. Oh, that's so maddening. I love how oh the UN God. just thinks that it can just pass a resolution on something and that therefore makes it be true. Yes. That's... Like we declare the sun has no impact on our weather. They could the they sun, think... I don't think the sun realized that the UN did that. <laughs> <laughs> and Elizabeth that's... is on something here too. You know, there's some technology we can certainly do without. The um, yeah, honestly, the surveillance being among them. Reset. Yeah, you know, if you want to knock out all the plate readers in town, please go ahead. Yeah. Um, the only way to really insulate from it, though, is to build a certain depth underground. I mean, it truly is the only, and our military has already, and they know this. And, well, and but for for the above ground installations as well, there, there's ways to do that. There's insulation that can withstand certain things. Uh, so lead you know, military, or something. Military grade EMPs, you know, within a certain radius, it doesn't knock out the entire grid. Uh, so it'll that's depend just one on of like to kind of was that if you get it'll depend on like your proximity and like if you're in the direct line of it or like if you're on the fringe and like you can insulate against it if you're like not in a direct line from something. right yeah you know, if it's just like a glancing blow you know so yeah. you know, if you're in the direct line of an x-class solar flare like i said back in the 80s this thing was melting traffic poles off their bases yeah um there's not much insulation against that um the but, geomagnetic like field around the earth too has been declining over the years and it's my belief that this is tapering and it's going through a cycle of either weakening or a full pole flip at one point and we're told we're like i've been told all through like school we're like overdue for like a pole flip or whatever oh like yeah there's gonna be a by two hundred thousand years or something or whatever some crazy number yeah and that that happens every two or three hundred thousand years. Yeah. But there, yeah. there's a quote. There's a quote that I really like, which says, "Where there is no solution, there is no problem." There's nothing <laughs> I great. can do about this, so I'm not going to worry about it. That's great. Occam's yeah. razor at its finest, my friend. That is, that is exactly right. But uh, you know, I, I'm not. Radiation. I'm not totally sold that the poles are going to shift. You know, through the Earth, through the middle of the Earth. I don't think that's what's going to happen. Uh, but I do know that. I think it's every 13,000 years, we 12. have a new North Star. It, oh, uh, you're talking about the the wobble. Well, just where the pole is aimed at. You know, so you have you have magnetic north, and then you have astronomic north, right? Uh, which is aimed at you know the North Star, which right now is Polaris. Uh, but next, it's going to be Vega, and then it's going to be Thuban. I think the the what is it the um, what's the wobble? What's the official term for the wobble? It begins with a P. The, wobble, baby, of the wobble, earth. baby wobble baby wobble <laughs> <laughs> but the um the wobble of the earth i think it's every 26000 years is the is a full um wobble cycle or whatever right um and so 13 would be like half of that so you'd be like between like maybe so maybe it is like between the two star points is 13 well there's three north stars a procession cycle that's the yeah thing. which oddly enough the, the you know the great pyramids of giza line up with all three oh that's cool yeah that's interesting. I didn't so it's, know. So you know, it's Polaris, Vega, and Thuban. And, and Thuban, I think, is in Orion's belt. And then they, the sides is. align with true north. Like, right. As the planet's north, like not necessarily magnetic north or whatever, but true north. Right. And then, of course, we're going to lose everybody that didn't have common core math. But then you get into you know state plane coordinates and how they align north. Survey or uh, talk. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
So now it is time for geology corner with Steve. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. But Uh, if you combine these two effects, if you combine the weakening magnetic shielding, and if you combine a more active sun and more and stronger solar flares, that's a bad combination because then you get more susceptible to the flares and you're more likely to have a direct hit at the same time. And exactly. I think it is going to be what eventually is just going to happen. Statistically, it's just going to happen. But Well, because the, the sun runs in cycles as well. Yeah. Um, you know, 12, that's 12,000 years. Uh, well, the, I'm talking about the 11-year solar cycle. In terms oh, of, the much you know, sunspot smaller. Activity. Okay, yeah. Because there's like micro. Right and now, we're, we're in that bottom of the bell curve uh, called the Maunder Minimum, mm-hmm. where there's fewer sunspots. But the sunspots that are there are more likely to have coronal mass ejections. Mm, okay. You know, so it's, you know, the sun is technically less active, but when it does flare up, you get the, you get these beams that, you know, cause the aurora. It's real pretty to look at for certain parts of the hemisphere, but uh, it also knocks out communications, uh, you know, GPS equipment. Um, mm. You know, of course, you know, being in construction and stuff, that's always a joke. You know, the equipment. It's a bombardment. Freaking solar flare. Yeah. Yeah. Bombardment of radiation, essentially, of various wave types or whatever, but. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, and facial recognition. Yeah. So uh, please, yeah, yeah knock, knock that, that out. stuff That's out. Fine. Yeah. yeah, we can solar flare that all day. So is that um, eleven-year cycle because of the Earth's relative position to the Sun, or something to do with the Sun itself? It's the Sun itself. It, it just has to do with the way it's it's you know burning itself, folding in on itself, whatever. It's really interesting to me that something as massive as the Sun could have a cycle that's as short as only 11 years. Because if you think of the lifetime of the sun, it's like 10 billion years. And yet it goes through a cycle every 11 years. That's interesting. Think about like a pot like boiling in slow motion and like the time that it takes for like a bubble to reach like the surface kind of a thing. Like, and and if you have like rapid boil, the sun is kind of doing its own kind of rapid boil kind of things where things come to the surface. Yeah, well, and, and things I've noticed in my life and maybe this is just part of like, you know, oh, it's raining. I can feel it in my bones. You know, maybe it's just part of getting old. But every time <laughs> cicadas are out, we have solar flare problems. <laughs> the cicadas know. So, yeah, I think they kind of go hand in hand. You know, so, <laughs> hey, it's a solar flare today, kids. Go get your cicada milk. Let's make some ice cream. <laughs> good full circle <laughs> joke, though. That's disgusting, <laughs> but good. Right. Uh, so, Zach, if you want to bring up the next article here. So we're um, running low on articles. So would you rather just bring up this grumpy gnome comment? And I bet you guys will have a lot to say on it. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, the next part we can rant on it for a little while, but uh, yeah. So Supreme court has just blocked a $6 billion Purdue form of bankruptcy settlement that would protect the Sackler family from the opioid related civil claims. Purdue. Is that chicken or Purdue is that pharma? They made, they made that? Oxycontin. Oh, Okay. Yeah, and the, I only the, know the Sackler Purdue family were, were the progenitors of Purdue Pharma. Okay. And they, uh, yeah, there was a $6 billion settlement that was like Dope Sick, uh, Alden, on Netflix, I think. Dope Sick. Dope Sick? Or at the den? Yeah. Exactly. So they were, they knew what was going on because from what I understand, there's there's a town in, is it New Hampshire or Connecticut? Where's the Where's the big factory? I don't know, northern New England, up in that area, whatever state it was, the town that's downwind of the factory is addicted to the stuff. Wow. <laughs> like where they make it. You know, I, I live close enough to a Purina, a Purina dog food area. factory 
that, you know, you drive past the interstate, drive past it on the interstate certain times a day. You're like, man, somebody's cooking something. You get hungry for you Taco know? Bell, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it smells like meat and gravy. It smells great. Um, <laughs> Every once in a while, there's a dog treat that I'll open and I'll be like, is that beef jerky? Do I need to try one of those? Yeah. Like, is this really actual bacon? Yeah. <laughs> some of try them this. are putrid, but. Yeah. So the, the town. I imagine that, but it's laced with opioids. Right. Dog treats with opioids. Yeah. Now so it's, you know, in that whole town where this factory is, it's floating in the air. It's got to be in the water supply. I mean, my God, you know, just imagine, you know, the, the, the faulty pills come off the pill press. What do they do with it? Flush it down the toilet. Probably. And then, and then, you know, then it goes to the sewer system and, you know, most municipal cities turn doo-doo back into drinking water. I heard uh, that and, and um, a lot of medications plastics. don't come out of that. Medications and plastics are really hard to get. And I think, what is it? We, we consume, if you drink like un you know, really well filtered uh, city water, on average, it's like a credit card's worth of plastic a week or a month or something like that. It's got to be a year. I don't think it's that much. I don't know. But it's, it's like, you know, over a lightly, like over a decade, it's, you know, you've got a couple of milk jugs inside of you. Yep. It's, it's not good. <laughs> and maybe that's why we all relate to the Barbie movie. <laughs> Microplastics. That'll be interesting, though, if, the, if you know, because they were trying to declare bankruptcy because, you know, that's what these big corporations do. And I don't want to sound like one of these socialists, like, oh, the evils of capitalism. Right. You know, this is this is late stage capitalism. At its well, finest. Zane said this. Well, what's that line that it's like the uh, uh, privatized gains, but socialized oh. losses or whatever? Yes. The... Yeah. I actually think that corporate bankruptcy is something that should not be allowed. Like, I wonder if you, if you thought that. If yeah. you own the business. You should not have be able to stop paying people that you've wronged until you are literally destitute. There That's you go. What comes it, along or, with business. And the fact that you are allowed to declare bankruptcy is a government intervention. Government came up with the idea of being able to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. Which I thought you, you know, think that, that that has benefits too, uh, because you know otherwise you'll have debtors' prisons like the state of Georgia. Uh, started out to some degree, uh, you know, the whole country of Australia. I was going to say Australia wasn't a, yeah, it was a colony. Yeah, I, you know, so that's that's how a lot of the colonization happened was they just had to have somewhere to ship their prisoners. All um, right, well, you don't have to take it that far, but the Sacklers are a long way no. from going to debtors' prison. Exactly. So, you know, so what do you do here? Like, you know, what's one possible solution? Because that's, you know, libertarians are often criticized for being able to criticize anybody, analyze the wrong in anything, and not offer a real solution. So how about if you declare bankruptcy in the wake of a criminal indictment or a criminal judgment being leaned against you, uh, the people you owe the money to are secured creditors. So, yeah, you can go bankruptcy, but you're going to liquidate enough assets to pay these folks. You has to come out of what you own yeah. and have. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Do your corporate restructuring, rebrand yourself, right. repolish your image, but you're going to sell a few factories to pay these folks. Something. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and, and, that and was, if you have that something was, left at the end of it, then you still have a business. And if not, then you don't have a business. Like, that was one of the ways that you know Obama totally wrecked centuries-old bankruptcy laws. You know, in 08, I think it was with uh, you know the GM restructuring, because uh, he actually stepped in and illegitimately used his presidential authority to have unsecured creditors paid before secured creditors. Mm. 
you know, so like the labor unions that were partial owners because they were they were stock owners in GM, they got paid last. Mm, okay. They were yeah, just told I... screw off. And then you that had unsecured creditors like banks and stuff. You know, banks got their money from GM before the actual workers who were who were, you know, owner operators essentially. Mm-hmm. And then they just got the table scraps of what was left. They got totally hanging out in the dust. That's why yeah. Ford made it. You know, Ford didn't force unionize. Uh, you know, don't want to I think, whole, yeah, we know. talked about that with Ford. That, and then we made a joke about this with like trends and like whenever Ford, I forget yeah, they just got a big loan. Something bad. Yeah, the loan. Happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then be careful. And they've been taking out some know. big loans. Yeah, they're like storing yeah. up for winter. You know. I always get my financial advice from Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? That's the best. I think yeah, here we go. We'll, we'll put this back up. So yeah, the you know the permanent chemicals the never leave your body or DNA for generations. Yeah, and you know you have pharmaceutical companies to thank for that stuff. Uh, you have municipal water authorities to thank for that stuff. Um, you know the military industrial complex through all. What the, about the fluoride that we put in the water intentionally? That so and where is that sourced? That comes. That's a byproduct of the phosphate fertilizer industry. Fertilizer and aluminum, and aluminum, and there was a whole bunch of it left over after Project Manhattan. You know, since oh. we got Oppenheimer in the movie theaters, they had barrels and barrels and barrels of this I stuff. Seen that yet. So here's here's here's, here's a fun fact about fluoride, and you know I'm not going to go off on the whole tangent, dedicate this whole show to fluoride, but uh, the EPA will not allow you to do one show it. on it. <laughs> yeah. They don't know how to what? They they don't allow you to bury it. You know, so a lot of hazardous no, it's a chemicals, toxic waste. Exactly. Like it, it, it does not go away. Like it just it will leach into it will per- it permanently doesn't go away in your body it. either. That's the problem. Like right. It bioaccumulates right. in your pituitary and your pineal and whatever. Like go ahead, Zane. What'd you say? Can someone tell me what the deal with fluoride is? Because I whenever people talk about it, I kind of assume it's a joke, but I have have a feeling that's Maybe at so, least not, but, uh, but it's like I I have toothpaste that's fluoride in it, and it's like I don't I'm not concerned about that. So what's that is that is the fluoride? only truly recognized and actually scientifically proven beneficial application of fluoride is when topically applied to the gums, and it's got warnings all over it. Do not ingest it. Don't do not swallow. It. Uh, oh, it big, so it being in the water is actually different from it being in toothpaste that you're supposed exactly. To oh yeah, yeah. We're talking about ingesting. Yeah, in yeah. the in the 40s and 50s, uh, I mean, there was TV commercials, public service yeah. commercials about don't give your kids fluoridated toothpaste. Yeah, you weren't. Supposed They're not to smart do. enough to not swallow it, and it's bad yeah. for you. Yeah, like uh, they you on know. the tube, it still says if you swallow more than a piece size amount, called poison control or whatever. Like exactly, exactly. I would say. To Zane, then first, like from a libertarian perspective, uh, even if fluoride was this magical unicorn cure-all elixir, like sh- don't put it in the water because then you have no, you know, choice about it, and then you can't dose properly or whatever. Like everyone drinks different volumes of water, you know what I mean? Like if it's if this is an agent that you're supposed to get a certain amount, like. Why are we putting it? I don't. You also absorb it in your skin and like the hot shower kind of a thing. Like it's, dude. It's yeah. My lawn doesn't have teeth. My car doesn't have teeth. <laughs> you know, my high my school football field have doesn't teeth. have teeth. Like, the golf yeah. course doesn't have teeth. <laughs> uh, I mean, just look at most of the uses of, of water. Like why? And and it, it's forced medication. 
it's, it's forced medication it, on one end. It's also even if it was absolutely necessary and absolutely uh, you know beneficial. Right. You know, if that was the case, why don't we put vitamin C in water? You know, scurvy's making a comeback in the elderly population. Any other thing. Yeah, like LSD, you know, like, but um, (laughs) it also is a subsidized toxic waste removal program, basically. It's putting toxic waste from one industry or multiple industries into the water. So it's, it's in essence, two things. It's, It's subsidizing hazardous waste removal because they don't know what to do with it. And then it's putting it in the water. And then we could talk about, you know, various other like theories about the pineal gland calcifying and like pacifying the masses or whatever. And the Nazis. Well, that's, that's blah, where we blah, learned blah, it. Stal- Stalin did it first. Hitler learned it from Stalin. Uh, they both, you know, both of their prison camps, uh, the water was heavily fluoridated. It was already naturally fluoridated. More um, than so that, ours, but that's a that's a clear distinction time, to make like, too. Yeah. You, know, you get up in the mountains, or you get over in, you know, near the ocean. There's going to be a natural amount of fluoride present in that stuff. But which is why you don't need to add, add anything. Like what's being added to the water by the municipal governments is not the naturally occurring calcium fluoride that's no. actually beneficial when applied topically. They're adding sodium hexafluorosilicate and hydrofluorosilicic acid. Both of these are toxic chemicals recognized by the EPA yeah. as neurotoxins. Neurotoxins, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which, okay. you know, oddly enough, RFK Jr. is actually leading some of these lawsuits against the EPA on this. Interesting. And they're so corrosive to metals, too, that they have to replace the section of pipe all the time that they add it to the water yeah. mains. Like, because it corrodes the fucking pipes. Like, it eats through the pipe. The, the only substance on the planet more corrosive than the fluoride they put in municipal water is Botox. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, Botox is like like blood on that movie Aliens. And it's, <laughs> it, it, but that stuff and, and fluoride, they both melt concrete. That's, uh, that's I mean, you, it's not hard to find, you know, some local news stations talking about, uh, you know, there was a hazmat activity. You know, one of the fluoride trucks erupted and you see the sidewalk just melting and people are in hazmat suits trying to rake it. <laughs> Nothing to and see yeah, here, guys. The, and the uh, yeah, game over, man. But yeah, right here, was, he this is Zach that pulled up about the yeah. It calcifies your pineal gland, which yeah. your pineal gland is responsible for your uh, circadian rhythm, uh, your production of melatonin, which also regulates. And then um, between what, you and me, though, it's the third eye, you know. Like, yes, well, I was getting to that too. But yeah, you I know, know. <laughs> so uh, melatonin counteracts um, what's the stress hormone? Uh, oxytocin. Uh, was that cortisol? Cortisol. Melatonin yeah. counteracts cortisol. So not only are you, you know, all of a sudden you're not sleeping well, your endocrine system's messed up, which, yeah. you know, that's how you get, uh, you know, a whole host of things, you know, depression, gender dysphoria, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff like that when your endocrine system gets disrupted. Uh, and, and there's other chemicals, you know, these PFAS chemicals are in the water, you know, you get the bisphenol A. Uh, and then, you know, it's counterpart, bisphenol S, BPS, which is mm-hmm. worse, um, you know, all these other chemicals. But then as well, the pineal gland is known as the seat of the soul through many ancient civilizations. Yeah. Um, because it also produces what? Oh, it's, um, wait, wait. DMT. DMT. Yeah. I had a brain fart. Yeah. And, and that's, um, I, I found an old letter. Uh, from the Vatican, you know, that they, they acknowledge that uh, the soul enters a fetus in, in the pregnant mother's womb. Uh, they say like around 21 days, which is kind of like a weird prescription. But mm-hmm. around that time, 
that's when you start detecting DMT in a pregnant mother's urine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's oh, why it's also, being that's why it's dubbed the spirit molecule. The uh, Vatican that. has that big statue with like the pine cone thing, and they say it's a pine cone and not a pineal gland or whatever. Like their their description of it and why it's there is that it's a pine cone and it has something to do with like, I don't know, some pine nut thing in Jesus or who knows. But like it's a pineal gland, basically, and it's it's borrowed from even older religions like Buddhism and such, but Anyway, cool. look up the cool. look up the pine quote pine cone statue in the Vatican. It's not a pine cone, but wow, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's there's occult symbolism and everything if you if you really look for it. Just because, I mean, that's that stuff's just older than anything else. Yeah. So before but, uh, we move off this, because this, I'm glad that I asked about this because I had no idea about any of that. But like, if I went to the you know local water utility and asked the guy there why are you putting fluoride in the water what would the response be like what is the line for what they boss are told me to benefit is what do you say Stephen? boss told me to if i could ask the boss and he would like what is the supposed benefit of it like i'm just it's, i'm legitimately asking like the right. whole country gets a toxic chemical put in the water because of one study in 1948 or something and it was about the tooth enamel and you actually it's even misnomer level. Like you can't, you can't repair tooth enamel. You can sometimes prevent some damage with tooth enamel. You can't even repair it. So most people aren't even accurate about that. Well, and, and then and then you look at the actual stats teeth, and, yeah. and dental fluorosis. You know, overfluoridation of t of tooth enamel has spiked <laughs> since it was have mandatory. You, have you because, seen the? So here, here's here's something weird too. If you just want to look at you know how other countries have approached this. So I, you, you, I, have, you have Okinawa over in Japan. Um, you know, one of the most polite cultures on the planet. And recently, in, in the past couple of years, they've been revolting against our military presence there. Uh, but one of the ways and among the reasons was we were mandating fluoridation of their water. Mm. Uh, you know, part of our continued occupation of Japan is they can't have a military. We are their military and they have to fluoridate their water. And there's all kind of other silly stuff we're just imposing on their culture. Uh, so what they've done is they have an optional fluoride rinse after lunch in the school cafeterias for the children. Mm -hmm. And it's administered by, you know, a, a dental professional or a nurse. Uh, and they just sit outside and, you know, the kids have waivers submitted by the parents and they see that they just do a little swish and spit and make them rinse. And that's, that's a better system. If anything, I mean, I, I really don't even think that fluoride is that necessary, even at that level. Right. I don't even use it in my toothpaste at this point. I get a fuck enough of it from the water that I can't filter out because I don't have, you know, I, I can have a filter, like a carbon-based filter will get out like certain like chlorines and things like that, but it's not going to get out, you know, dissolved metals at that like level. Oh, I mean, yeah. You, you got to have that silver ceramic. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like a serious filter for that or whatever. But um, I've always made sort of the sort of, you know, what if we at least did, even though, you know, I would prefer even more action than that. But what if we just offered it as a, like an option for like, go to your, like, if you want to subsidize the shit or whatever. And like, if you want people to have free access to it, like not like our government ever does anything else for free for its people. Like, so <laughs> it right. fucking stands yeah. out as fishy to me. Well, except but, for birth control and abortions, you know? Well, okay. But exactly. Those are free for things that get too. a little weird. Right. But, um, 
But if you wanted to, then just like go to Walgreens and grab a free capsule that your government paid for to stash there to drop in your water and swish or drink it or whatever the hell. You put it up your butt, whatever you want to do with it. But like, <laughs> don't make me drink it. You know what I mean? There you and go. it's well, so and expensive to remove and so hard that they know no one's going to, or not no one. But there's been a law in the books here in Georgia since 2010-ish. The tax-free Yeah, you get, rebate. You, you get a, a tax write-off. For buying yeah. any fluoride filters, because it's acknowledged that if you're a diabetic, uh, if you're on dialysis of any kind, or if you're an infant, Renal this failure, stuff is man. not good for you. You know, yeah. Pay no heed to the extra fluoridated baby water on the aisle at Walmart. Yeah. Oh my uh, God! Why? That is insidious. Extra fluoridated? Yes. For babies? That's insane. Yes. And even and in is, the fifties, they were like, "Don't give it to kids." That's and what, crazy. And what they have on the label is double what the EPA allows. I don't know oh how they continue God. to sell this crap. Um. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's it's absolutely wild. So even if it was beneficial, why why are you doubling the dose for an infant? I mean, it doesn't between, even have a functioning immune system yet. Between how much uh, my girlfriend is a diabetic type one and between how much I drink and how much I'm already putting my body to have to process all of the alcohol that I consume. Like we can't afford other toxins, you know, like right. we're yeah, susceptible it's, enough. It's too busy with alcohol. I can't handle fluoride. Yeah, no, man. My kidneys and my liver, they got enough to do, man. Like I can't do fluoride too. Like that's crazy. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, cheers. Yeah. So uh, on, on top of that tax rebate law in Georgia, cheers, by the way. Yeah. Uh, on top of the tax rebate law, there was a law that was just passed. I think it was 2019 here in Georgia that expanded the capabilities of dental hygienists. Uh, so, you know, dental hygiene, I, I think it's I think it's like a two year degree. Mm. Um, some folks can get it in like a year with some on the job training, but it expanded their capabilities uh, to give you the jab basic teeth cleanings and fluoride treatments during the during the teeth cleanings used to you know just three years ago had to be overseen by a licensed dentist hmm that's silly uh, you know you, <laughs> a little bit of schooling a little bit of on the job training you should be able to clean teeth mm -hmm. you know you should only have to be an actual medical doctor dentist to do surgery right so i don't Georgia's think i ever had a dentist that. is this state by state or is this uh, yes yeah, this, this, is, Florida, this is state regulations. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Georgia just passed that. So, you know, if we wanted to do something akin to Okinawa, Japan, for mm. instance, you know, where we have an optional fluoride rinse overseen by a dental hygienist employed by the school or contracted through the school for. Or even a teacher that's trained or something, or I don't know. I but... mean, you're not even touching the teeth if it's a fluoride rinse. You're literally just giving kids a cup. Cool. But the state still requires some kind of certification for that. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Uh, well, yeah. and then how much of do we all swish and cover all our teeth when we just drink water? And what about the people that drink water through a straw or whatever? And like, I, right. you know, if we're talking about getting it for the surface of your teeth from drink consuming water, like, I don't know, man. Don't yeah. give the state any ideas. Next thing you know, we'll have to have a licensed dentist oversee us any time that we drink tap water. <laughs> Maybe they right, should, right. you know, yeah. because you're administering medication at that <laughs> yeah. point. At this point, you know, with the amount and if you of think the fluoride's bad too, I've, I've got a buddy that's training to be a water surgeon, and uh, I, I joke and call him a water surgeon. I don't know exactly <laughs> what the certification is, but um, you know, I bring up the fluoride to him, and he's just like, "Dude, he's like, if you knew how much lead got in the water on a regular basis, you'd be yeah. way more concerned with that." But fun fact, I'm equally concerned with that, hydrofluorosilicic yeah. acid is like a lead magnet. Oh, okay. 
yeah. so it will bond with it and yeah that's that's one of the one of the primary things it bonds with is lead and other toxic chemicals like you know radium and cesium and things like that you know, they herculeum and <laughs> there you go. now you're just trying to sound All more right. photosynthesis <laughs> yeah. This conversation has put me over the edge. I'm getting one of those heavy-duty water filters now. There we it's go. It's not a bad idea, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, Alexa Pure is a cheap one. You know, the big Berkey is the classic. My um, grandpa has one of those, but I kind of balked when I found out that it was like 400 bucks. Totally worth it, though. I mean, you, you can you can take straight up black pond water and get a crystal clear, crystal clear glass of uh, Bobby Boucher H2O coming out of that thing. Yeah, he's right. Honestly, Chad and I here like the the real best way to get rid of everything reverse osmosis, like push it through a screen. And the problem with reverse osmosis, uh, you know that that is the surefire way to just get dihydrogen monoxide coming out of your tap. But you take everything out of the water. All the you good have stuff no too, essential like, minerals at that point. Yeah, I so agree, you but, have to take a mineral supplement if you're only yep. using RO water. I was going to bring that up as well, but it's better to do that if you know what you're doing and then to replace like the certain salts and minerals that you need or whatever. Speaking yeah. of salt, because we were talking about like uh, one of the like sodium like chloride bases or whatever to, you know, because it's kind of like salt. Sodium is like a metal and it's one of the bases for the fluoride like chemically or whatever. But just a side note is that like monosodium glutamate or whatever, the MSG, people freak out over MSG, but that's actually the salt that's more naturally occurring in foods like celery and whatever. And that a little bit of MSG in your diet is not a bad thing. And people are like, I don't eat any MSG or whatever. And it's like, it's only a problem when you put tons in your food to the point you puff up like you, you know, just like got dehydrated level in your Right. I've been to fight everybody. I, I thought it was an all you could eat buffet. Why are you mushrooming <laughs> me out? <laughs> yeah. But speaking yeah, of like it, minerals and salts that the body needs, MSG is actually one of them that's good for the body in small amounts. Like Right, right. But you know, it is known to induce thirst, which by the way, Sackler family, if you're listening, uh, I have this great idea. You could come out of bankruptcy. We could have canned water and put a little bit of MSG in it. And, and then I'll, I'll just put that water. It will be like, oh, that was delicious. I could go for some water right now. <laughs> the water cycle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyhow, I can assure you that anytime I visit the Supreme Buffet, I'm getting more than a little bit of MSG. Oh, a lot of it. Yeah, for <laughs> right? sure. See, that's too much, you know, but. But, but just, the, like just imagine, you know, how much money your local city government could save if they weren't adding fluoride because it's. There is a federal law that recommends it, you know, mm -hmm. but it's state laws that mandate it. Yeah. And then federal law recommends Which it and it says, if you do it, we'll help you. Yeah. We'll subsidize it, but you can only do it in this level of trace amounts. You know, trace amounts. So Which, think of know, all the cluster bombs we could send to Ukraine if we didn't fluoridate <laughs> the water. That's exactly what if right. You, what if you bombed with fluoride? That'd be nasty. <laughs> there you go. I, that would probably classify though as chemical warfare. Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, yeah, endocrine disrupting chemicals. Probably not good. Yeah. Which you know that's that's some of the reason that Russia stopped importing our produce several years oh, ago really? you know, during the Obama years. You know, because that was you know he and he and Putin Poot were going back and forth. You know, Obama would ban this, Putin would ban that, Obama would ban this, Putin would ban that. They were having like right. these trade wars, and uh, you know, Putin banned the import of our apples because we we coat some of our produce with a chemical called dimethylamine or DMA. And, 
your standard apple, you know, so down here in Georgia, if I, if I go buy a Washington apple, uh, you know, a Rainier Washington apple, something like that, uh, that thing was probably picked back in January. What's and, the DMA? Is it a preservative? What is it? Do? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's that waxy coating. I the hate apples. the wax coating and it, it doesn't let the fruit breathe at all or whatever. But exactly. That's, yeah, exactly. So like the, yeah, the apple inside sometimes can be just totally rotten. It's mealy but, and disgusting, but it looks bright red. Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's why Russia stopped importing our apples among other things, yeah. you know? So, you know, they, they cut those off and, you know, now all of a sudden I can't have a Kalashnikov rifle. And, oh man, I want one of those. Dumb. But the, uh, I think it was after World War II when we had the, um, stash of like chemical weapons and things like that maybe it was world war one actually um wh when was the geneva convention and all that and like they banned the chemical warfare was that after world war one that was a trivia question several weeks ago and what was it again i forget what the answer was when what was it because we yeah that's what's in my brain is because i think sure there, it was world i war think one there were two. two sets of them one that's why okay after world war one and one after world war two i think that's what we there was like an amendment to the geneva convention or something so that's why we were confused but whatever one that they banned like the certain chemical weapons and you couldn't have stashes of chemical weapons and it was like a war crime to use them and blah 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 we took all of that, and instead of trying to again find a way to like you know dispose of the chemical waste, we then diluted it and sprayed it on food as a pesticide and turned it into a pesticide, and that's actually what got our huge like pesticide crop. You know, the mustard gas like. from World War One became uh, the chemo drug known as tamoxifen. Is that right? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> Italians, Italian soldiers, because you know the Italians. They were like, hey, guys, this is trench warfare. You're probably not coming home. So, uh, you know, if you guys got a raging tumor, if you got something real bad with you, how about you guys go hop out there and do your civic duty? Oh, and then they noticed that. And they come back home without a tumor, and... just be healthy. Wow. Like, what happened to you? He's like, I don't know. I got stuck in mustard gas for a few days, and I'm all good now. Jesus, that's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had, like, you had mentioned this at some point before, and, and I, because I have a foggy memory of it. This is, again, yeah. Yeah, so I think tamoxifen is that uh, is that chemo drug. They call it the Red Devil. Um, That's crazy. And it's uh, it was discovered through the use of mustard gas in warfare. So what you're saying is successfully. So war has a silver lining to it, is what you're saying. I mean, saying. It's, it's got its benefits. It, it you know it really does. But uh, the problem is, it kills everything, including your yeah. immune system. Yeah. So I, that's with the fluoride stuff, you know, there's, there's plenty of options that, you know, if that's, if it's truly beneficial, you can, you can hand it out at the health department. You can have the optional fluoride in school programs. You can do this whole host of things and you just don't have to spend so much time and energy and manpower training municipalities on, you know, the hazmat protocols. I mean, cause they got to get in full Tyvek suits if they're even in the room with the yeah. stuff being administered. And I don't yep. know if you hear the radio commercials for variable frequency drives. You know, the guy, the guy with EMA Inc., you know, he's always talking oh, the variable frequency drives. And he goes, and if you don't know what they are, this commercial is not for you. Okay. Well, yeah. That's Apparently what they're it's not for. for me then. Oh, okay. Okay. I was like, it's not they're for, for me administering then, fluoride and, and other hazardous chemicals into the water supply. I can see, you know, on some level, the use for chlorine and chloramine, which is chlorine and ammonia say. mixed together, because yeah. there's just stuff that lays dormant in the pipes. Right. And, you know, you don't know sometimes if you're going through copper or ductile iron. Or, you know, in the case of, you know, Flint, Michigan, or God forbid, Jackson, lead. Mississippi, you know, you've got these hundred year old lead pipes. My dad's a surveyor and he was working out in, uh, 
in the Portland area for a while, and they had pipes that were so old out there in spots. They were made of wood, bro. Yes, wood I've seen pipes. Those. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and then it, it took them like a hundred years to figure out that you shouldn't have a, a sewer line with wood. With, with wood. <laughs> that's so. This is kind of leaching out into the soil the as it Romans goes. <laughs> knew not to do that, dude. That's crazy. Like, what are we doing with this like timber pipe anyway? Yeah, that blew my mind. I did not think that we built any like pipe, whether sewer or, and then, or you know, pre nineteen fifty. You know, they they didn't have the thought to uh, take clay pipe and put it in the oven first. So just so wet it wasn't clay? porous. <laughs> so wet clay. <laughs> what? Let it dry, and it would just you know once it got wet, it would just leach out whatever was in it. That's insane. Oh yeah. But that's that was They're the just keeping of, out uh, on the kiln, like <laughs> that was when they discovered the uh, the vitrification process. You had vitrified mm. clay pipe that was added to uh, municipalities uh, in the late forties, early fifties. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. so. Uh, but I mean, all the training, you, you know, you got to buy the chemical itself. You have to have these special uh, engines and drives and transmissions to administer the stuff. You have to have all the training, all the oversight, and if one of the trucks ever ruptures on the way to the scene. Uh, it melts asphalt like it's just it's horrible it's nasty yeah yeah so i'm uh, all for you know, finding ways for like secondary product uses like byproduct things and coming up with like a home for these things and not wasting things and like when you distill alcohol and you get basically what is it um acetone and some other thing that's like a byproduct of distilling alcohol the stuff that'll make you go blind if you do the wrong thing, making moonshine, you oh, know, methanol. if you don't distill it enough. Methanol and acetone. Yeah. And, um, you know, but that's, I don't know, nail polish remover essentially is like acetone. Right. And we found a commercial use for it. And I'm like, I'm not saying to drink it, but it has a function of like paint yeah. thinner and shit. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> making meth, you know, it has a, a nice cozy home in the aftermarket here of meth making. But um, <laughs> but with something like fluoride, it's just so toxic that like we're it's like we're forcing a home for it. And in, in, in this particular case, I'm more for no, like we don't need to find a home for all this fluoride. We might even should reconsider our practices of making all this fertilizer and find a different way to do more natural farming instead of making all this fertilizer in the first place, because that's also really bad. And all the fertilizer that causes algae blooms and things in the river. And, and, you know, and, at the it's, end and it's of killing the all our pollinators. You know, it's destroying the bee population. You know, a lot of these pesticides and herbicides that we use that are nicotine-based. Uh, you know, nicotine-based pesticides. Based? Yeah, they, they, they cause uh, honeybees to just turn inside out. I mean, it's just awful. You That's know, nasty. so yeah. it's just, why do we have to have non-native grass? Like we talked this, about the this, grass, yeah. Yeah, this monoculture grass yard that's yeah. not native to your area, you know, with these these Chinese Bradford pear trees that are god awful. They smell like fish meal, uh, <laughs> you know, after a fish fry. Some trees smell like cat yeah. urine for real. They're, they're, like the they're invasive species. They kill the birds and bugs that try to eat them. Uh, they break all the time. You know, they just fall apart. They're lightning rods. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Like, why Why do we have to have monoculture yards? Why can't you have a little bit of wild grass? You know, much obviously you have to live outside of an HOA area. Uh, HOAs, know, but, we should have a whole thing on how bad HOAs are, honestly. I can't stand HOAs. But not a whole thing, a segment. But, but hey, HOAs are technically our libertarian utopia. What? Like, like in the absence of all other government, it just basically like you just answer to your HOA. 
and you look to them for your safety, right? Oh, uh, okay, but that's not the HOA that I'm. That's thinking more of a syndicalist like, approach, but uh, we'll you know, you we can go into this on another episode if you really want to get into it. The thirty-second explanation is that yes, you're kind of right, but you you don't have to like every social institution that's not government. It's not like everything that's not government is automatically good. I got also you, yeah. there are there are plenty of other governing authorities that aren't the government that maybe you should just be subject to even if you don't like them because otherwise we'll have anarchy in the way that most people think of anarchy which is everybody doing whatever the heck they want with no rules and people breaking all the windows right i you know, think but, but your modern day anarcho-capitalist it's like you know i'm not saying there's gonna be no rules i'm just saying like yeah, yeah. you're not forcing rules upon me right all the rules are voluntarily entered into <laughs> elizabeth yeah, yeah there you go uh, you put your garage or your uh, trash cans on the outside of the garage, not the inside. Like, unincorporated, that's the way to go. <laughs> yeah. My buddy right. lives in unincorporated territory, and it's cool. It's like nothing. Like, it's for, in terms of like jurisdiction, like it falls nowhere. Like, I love it. Yeah. Well, you know, here in Georgia, the land is still divided into militia districts in some areas. Oh, you know, once yeah, you, yeah. Once you get down, you know, south of like Macon in particular. I've been to Macon. Yeah. But once you get once you get down, you know, south of that line, not only are the gnats prevalent, but you know, the way the land is divided, it's it's based on you know the militia districts that were rooted in you know when the state was originally colonized. That it who's was, who's one of the Almond Brothers? That's I'm sorry, I was trying to think. Yeah, that's Macon. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I was like I went to a grave out there. Or and something. then I was like, uh, oh gosh, who borrowed their guitar recently? Was it Jason Aldean? Biden. Yeah, it was one of the country guys borrowed their guitar for a concert. Really? Yeah, and it was like a big, it was a big thing. Jake just brought up a Jason Aldean story, and I again, I, I drink too much and smoke too much, and I cannot remember what it was, but so it was, good story, you know. I think Does Zane remember? We were talking about a song. Yeah, yeah, Try yeah, that. yeah. You know, they get together and they all drink heavily fluoridated water, and then um, <laughs> and then they write a song, and then they try that in a ball gown. Yeah, <laughs> and then if you play the song backwards, it says that to love your government. Yes. If yeah. You play exactly. Backwards, yeah. <laughs> New CO two removal factories. What does that what, mean? Are, are you talking about trees? <laughs> Pretty sure <laughs> God put them CO2 here, bro. I mean, like that's uh, they turn CO two into hilarious. oxygen. They're fascinating. It's magic, bro. It's pure magic. It's black magic. <laughs> right? Well, that's, so there, there's, um, I think it's in Spain in some areas. That I've, I've seen some uh, modern-day architect that, uh, you know, he's being heralded for his, his nuanced approach to environmentalism, basically. But he's putting, What, does he like, just plant grass on the roof? like? Uh, yeah, well, he's coating the walls in some kind of moss. Okay. Uh, you know, some, some kind of fern or, or vine or whatever, some kind of moss on the outside of the building. He's sure. planting stuff on the roof. It's So, like, the building looks like it's alive. Yeah. It's because it, re cool. it, it really cool is. Yeah. yeah, and Moss he's building these, these neat little insulated. you know atriums and these archway courtyards and stuff that are just you know trellises covered with you know vines and moss and. No, that's cool. Uh, I love it. Yeah, more plants is better, man. I love it. Like moss, whether it's like winter or summer, it's a good insulator. If you have things on the roof, it actually helps like keep a lot of your like uh, heating and cooling bill down. And then it, you know, obviously produces oxygen. Like it's a cool thing. I'm I'm into and, that. And I've seen some some specially designed bricks too. Uh, that they're supposed to, you know, pull smog and pollution out of the air. 
uh, things like that. Uh, the only problem is it like is, a carbon-based brick or something like that? Yeah, that's like bonding yeah, with things. It's or whatever, basically yeah. a carbon stone that they paint red. Maybe that's what these factories uh, are producing. They're just condensing the carbon into a brick or whatever. But how much carbon does it take to run the factory to then reduce the carbon? So I'm like, what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know <laughs> about this. I have to look into this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is then you use the hand in the bathroom, and it's all done. Yeah, <laughs> that better be a geothermal powered factory, or otherwise, I feel like we're just like chasing our own tail with this one. I don't know, but plant a tree and be done with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, that's the mantra when I was coming up through school. You know, back in my day, it was reduce, reuse, recycle. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's come out recently that a lot of the areas don't recycle. Uh, you know, my apartment a, a, aluminum does get recycled, but glass, unless you separate the colors, they just throw it in the same bin. And just let it go, uh, because that's can't we just make brown bottles out of like all of it and just call it a day? You know what I mean? Uh, technically, yeah. You, you know, or that crappy cardboard, the you know the twenty five dollar burger joints. Put your stuff in when you get it to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is made with a recycled to go box, and it's just soggy piece of and crap it falls apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of reduce, reuse, recycle, though, specifically the reduce part, that is literally anti-human. The story of human progress is that I get to use more. Don't what if it was reduce? Uh, like Spoken like waste. a true capitalist, Zane. Proud of you. Because we can come up with ways to like reduce impact or reduce waste, not like reduce usage or consumption of a of a commodity as much as like oh. the packaging of a thing can be like less wasteful. But yeah, well, and what, I, there, there is I a lot of waste. Like, you know, like you can turn the sink are... off while you're brushing your teeth. Fair. You know, stuff like you. that. All right, I guess that's fair. But when the Greens are saying reduce, reuse, recycle, what I'm pretty sure they mean most of the time, and definitely what your average person is hearing, is use less and not necessarily just cut it. Because here's the thing in a free market, you are incentivized to use less if what you were using before is very wasteful. Like if mm -hmm. you're charged for your, if using more, if, if using, if leaving the water on when you brush your teeth was going to make your water bill be higher and you're like, you know what, I don't need to use this extra water because right. it's going to make my water bill be higher and there's no point in using that water because doing nothing. That already provides the proper incentive to turn the water off when you're brushing your teeth. You don't right. need a bunch of moralizers telling you you're evil because you're not turning the water off. Like it, if it 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 could arguably be so so little water compared to all of the other industrial agricultural uses right. of water Definitely. that turning that turning the water off when you brush your teeth that is an inconvenience to me enough to justify actually not turning it off and that's a decision that you would make based off the price of the additional water that you're using there you go this reminds you know, me oh go ahead Stephen uh, I was gonna say yeah and then the acronym for that is you know three R's, R, 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 which is their meme, you know, of the standard <laughs> environmentalist. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of, and so, like, the distinction between, like, private, like, citizen usage of a commodity or commercial or industrial, like, how much is being used or wasted on one side. Do you remember the, um, the commercial, like, back in, like, I don't know if it was, like, the 80s or something. Um, it was before my time, but I'm aware of this, right? There was like the Native American going down, like the 
river on the canoe and he like sees the litter and he like cries and he sees people throwing litter onto the grass or whatever and he cries i don't know the crying the crying indian commercial it was a a whole thing (laughs) in the time but it was a a message to like not litter right but when you break it down like so the group that like funded the ad it was like a you know like on everyone's tv like you know um what is it? A public service announcement kind of ad or whatever. And in between Saturday, these... uh, Saturday cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. You have of one of those pop up. Yeah. And my parents remember this. I brought this up to them. They're like, Oh yeah, we saw that when we were kids. Maybe it was, I think it was like eighties, but maybe it was late seventies. But um, the ad was paid for by these, they sound like third party, like environmental focus groups or whatever. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. This found is it. it. Oh my God. This is it. So the groups that funded this are actually groups that were started by like Mars and Coca-Cola and all these and Kraft or whatever, all the, you know, the Unilever, the, the big like Procter and Gamble, Procter and Gamble. Like, yeah. yeah, the companies that make all the packaging waste. Cause this was at a time when things were starting, I don't know whatever year it was, it was things were shifting into more and more packaging waste and plastics and things like that. And this was targeted at the people to be like, you dirty piece of shit, you know, throw away your trash in the fucking receptacle. You're, you're horrible. You're ruining the planet. And it was taking the pressure and the onus away from, yeah, there you go. And then he cries. Um, it takes the pressure away. single tear. Yeah. Because it wasn't a bag of red man. That's why he was upset. <laughs> he was like it should have been crystal burger like, no but well the funny anyway, thing is you know his tribe sold owners. the land to him that that you know that's where the casino is his tribe sold the land to him and now he gets paid to pick up the trash so he's crying because he just made so much money off the land <laughs> and the the thing with littering is too the i mean you can solve it just by more clearly defining property rights like if rivers and river banks and other areas were actually owned by somebody that wasn't the government then if you littered then whoever owned the property would have a claim against you why are you throwing your can onto my property whereas if you have government-owned property and the government's trying to, it's best to well not it's i mean they're not really trying to manage it but even if they were trying their best to manage it which again they're not but if even if they were they still can't do it because there's a government and they have misaligned incentives and they have no idea what's going on then people can just litter wherever they want and you have no idea whether it's worthwhile to because there are some areas that maybe it's okay if people litter and then because like at a ballpark do you really if you're at a ballpark do you really feel bad if you leave your like drink container in the seat not really because you know that some you guys are saying a similar thing come and come and clean it up after you anyway because the ballpark owners know it's easier to send 10 people through the stadium after the game is over than try to convince people then try to convince 20,000 people that they're terrible people if they don't personally throw their drink cup away right, right. And, and if and if only canadian aldi shoppers would go see baseball games they wouldn't need the cleaning service <laughs> and the ticket prices would drop by half right yeah, so in, in, a, in a similar way if you a, a private property owner would have a much better idea than the government would be whether the best solution to the problem of littering is to either employ people to pick it up or to try and come up with some punishment mechanism for people that are littering or maybe it's a location where it's not that bad if there's litter and we just shouldn't worry about it 
I want to circle back real quick to the phenomenon, though, of corporations disguising themselves as a third-party group and then putting the onus on us to feel like we are the ones that need to clean up the litter problem and oh, like the they're Sierra allowed Club? to make whatever. Uh, you know, p- people like that? What's the Sierra? Is that another like fake? They have a lot of environmental kind of companies under their umbrella. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But and at the end of the, of the day, it's, it's a bunch of, you know, red meat eating, cigar smoking, jet plane flyers. Yeah, it's a facade. It's it's honestly, it's a public image thing. And it's it's put, putting onus on us. And it's getting us talking in a certain way while other people get away with, yeah, private jets and whatever. And exactly. And I just like to, I always just like to turn the spotlight back to the man behind the curtain kind of a thing or whatever. And um, but there's an interesting, you know, conversation to be had in the nuances, like in the weeds of like litter and things like that more specifically. But in a, in general, there was a cultural push to get us to feel like it was our responsibility, not at the time of changing what type of packaging production was happening not the responsibility of the manufacturers and they knew that and psychologically they instilled that and one of their tactics was a televised ad that looked like because they couldn't put like you know craft yeah exactly because then it would be fishy so they banded together this is an interesting thing multiple different you know companies and industries with a similar interest and made a fake third-party group to then label it as so it looked legit and whatever and then aired it and then you know all of our parents saw it so yeah that's a really good point and i i know that i take us sometimes in, down into rabbit holes of anarcho- that's okay we like rabbit holes and yeah. into an- anarcho-capitalist theory but if i'm not doing that then i'm really not providing any value to the show <laughs> no but we love it yeah. <laughs> practically speaking that's a very interesting point that i didn't know about but but yeah leave it to Leave it to pretty much anybody to try and blame somebody else. Well, the, the, yeah. the government is not the only one that engages in the Hegelian dialectic. You know, <laughs> that's why there's a revolving door of these. Um, what Barry Goldwater warned about was the interlocking yeah. corporate directorships. You know, there's this revolving the Dick door. Cheney door, man. Like, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. It, well, Donald Rumsfeld, you know, he started Any with um, yeah. Searle Chemical Company. You know, he's he's to he's the reason aspartame is on the shelves. You know, that's a recent thing. Like, oh, aspartame causes dude. cancer. Donald Rumsfeld put that in the market, y'all. Yeah. He was an attorney for several chemical companies. Formaldehyde or wood alcohol? Or, like, what does it turn into with the acid in the gut? Like, yeah, it, it turns into uh, something nasty in the gut. Wood alcohol. I, so I, I mix up the two. Aspartame and saccharin are the two, um, you know, prime evils of fake sugar. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> There's and, erythritol, uh, and there's a bunch of other ones. Well, erythritol like, is fine. It just gives you and some that's diarrhea. that's not as bad, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's too it's much of it. <laughs> but it. But it negates carbs, bro. You know, if you're on keto, you just, uh, just hey, you know, I ate some carbs. Oops, let me down some erythritol and just crap myself real quick. and Just to consume it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's eat some erythritol, just like our cavemen ancestors did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that paleo, right. that diet? Yeah. <laughs> is this is this paleo? But that's I mean, that's seriously that's that's how the keto bros do their math is uh you know gram for gram you know erythritol it's negates carbs. carbs that's how you yeah. have that uh, what is it rebel ice cream you know they're like, oh it's keto friendly and you look at it, like there's 17 carbs in this pint you're like but there's but erythritol. erythritol to negate 15 of them yeah oh. huh. Uh- Talk about you a can... conflagration. That's what the bathroom is. Yeah. <laughs> the bowel <laughs> conflagration. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. 
There's uh, gonna be a rainstorm moving into that. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The you're brown get a deluge of uh, you know ash and fragments. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man, but okay. So let, let let's go into the other one, and I'm I'm sure some of this stuff is gonna bleed into this. Uh, Zach, if you're still with us, uh, let's let's go to the uh, the coup in Niger, Niger. So we brought this up a few weeks ago, you know, yeah. cause this was, this was a thing. I'm like, why, why in the heck is this all of a sudden popular news? And, uh, you know, then this popped up, uh, and, and I was reading through this. And, uh, so there's a strategic pipeline that's going through there, oddly enough. Uh, so this is, you know, going back to the show's title, this is us throwing oil on the fire here. Uh, look at this, look at one, one of the groups. So the coup in Niger could lead, to the deployment of the Wagner forces in the country. Wagner forces? The dude that just, like, Putin's general that just tried to technically overthrow him? Oh, okay. The Wagner forces. I've been what the moving, heck are they doing there? I've been under a rock, so I'm this story I know so little about. Yeah, so the coup right. leader, you know, he did a televised broadcast of, of, you know, aired their grievances out of why they overthrew the democratically duly elected government. And uh, among their grievances was that they were they were squandering foreign aid money, particularly from the United States. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, and so now you got the Wagner forces come in to keep the peace. This is, I mean, this just screams wag the dog to me right here. I mean, this is this if this isn't uh, early seventies Afghanistan all over again, I don't know what is. Viva Putin! Uh, that didn't, makes me want some French fries, man. <laughs> right. For our audio listeners. There's a picture in this article, and there's it's a picture of a crowd, and the guy at the front of the crowd is holding up a big sign that says "Viva Putin." The way it's spelled just makes me want curds and fries, man. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we won that war, so we don't have to deal with all that. <laughs> yes, Zach, Vog the dog. <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> You know, and if you want to really know what I'm referring to, uh, there's a good movie, Charlie Wilson's War, that kind of dives into that of, uh, you know, how we got into Afghanistan to begin with. It was we went in there in the early 70s. It was proxy war battles. We armed, funded and trained the Mujahideen uh, and, and gave them the means to repel the Russian forces, thinking that we were going to rush into this place that has been an absolute shithole since the beginning of civilization that we're just going to rush in there and like, oh, hey, there's $3 trillion worth of lithium in the mountains. We're just going to go in there and harvest that stuff. Sorry, bro, that hadn't happened. People have been trying to do that kind of thing for thousands of years in that place. Not necessarily for lithium, but for all the various other resources there. Um, no, what's the ancient aliens? 3,000 years ago, they educated the local chieftains about the lithium. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Because yeah, the, the atmosphere is breaking down there. and they need more lithium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they needed a lot of superconductors 3,000 years ago. Right. But that was, and then here's the weird part even after all that, after everything we allegedly did for Afghanistan, uh, once they do start to harvest the, the rare earth minerals there, China has more mining rights than we do. China mines everything because they don't give a shit about what it does exactly. to the land, basically. But and then going back to Elizabeth's comment, so you know the government oh, right. service of disposing of the trash. Guess what we do with our trash after it got, we you know, send it to China and they burn it. Like 
Well, well some of it. Supposedly, but you know, now we have an island almost the size of Texas floating in the Pacific. There's there's so many places. And it's where... real easy for our bleeding heart people to make documentaries about it. Yeah. You know, oh, because this is obviously American trash. You know, look at it's Aquafina bottles and Coca-Cola bottles and you know, and, and it's written in English on the labels and things. Coca-Cola. We pay to China to dispose of it. They drive halfway out in the ocean, dump the crap, come back yeah. and get another load. They it's some of it's dumping, some of it's burning or whatever, but we basically just like give it to somebody that has softer regulations than we do, and then they just do whatever they want with it. Like, right. <laughs> it's exactly the right. it's the blind eye, like you know, the don't ask, don't tell of trash or whatever. Just, well, and that's that's why uh, like, you know that, that was one of the questions that was going around of like you know, uh, Mega Millions was one and a half billion dollars recently. What would you do if you won that? It's like I would start a timber company in Brazil, and then the federal government, the U.S. federal government, would pay me to get not paid cut not down to trees. burn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk and about I would turn that into ten billion overnight. <laughs> <laughs> You can't get more passive than that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly right. So you know that's that's some of the stuff that's going on there. You know why why are we not surprised? Let's see here. Last link isn't working. Okay, okay. Zach's giving us some notes. Sorry about that. So you know why am I not surprised that you know everything that's going on in Niger is over some some oil? Uh, now I haven't had time, admittedly, to dive in, do a deep dive into the story to figure out who are the conflicting oil pipe owners. Uh, but what I do know is that this current coup that's going on, if it takes over and this pipeline is kiboshed, China stands to gain more than us. Mm. That was something that was mentioned in that article. So, uh, you know, that, that was pretty interesting. And then the U.S. is going to bomb it. Uh, yeah, maybe so. Uh, you know, because that's that's the whole reason for presence in Africa. Yeah, it's not it's not so we can actually allow them to industrialize and enter the 21st century. Uh, because they, I mean, they would obviously, I mean, they've got everything they need to build Wakanda. <laughs> they've got most of the resources of the world, man. Like, right? It's just you have these imperialist forces all around them, not just us. Yeah, keeping them down. You know. Yeah, uh, one, one of the one big thing. ones is they're selling yellow cake uranium to France, and then France is enriching it and then selling it for way, way more. So France is now bombing them because the coup has, I guess, left it questionable whether they're going to get their yellow cake. Exactly. I just realized that you can have enriched flour and make yellow cake, and those are that sentence has so many of the same words that like would you get flagged like red flagged like if you were to send that text to somebody you know like <laughs> maybe so you know you can say I, that, you know yellow cake red mercury I red mercury <laughs> I source all of my yellow cake from little Debbie little Debbie yeah <laughs> I'm I'm a Betty Crocker man myself but <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> oh there you go all right zach see if that last link works i just put it in the, in the private chat there uh, you know, at least when at least when zane gets us in the weeds he gets us into like the weeds of something that matter and i'm like derailing us with cake you know like i'm sorry ah, right, hey, it's fine it's all fine right. it's it's content this is what the people want <laughs> i'm here for comic <laughs> relief i guess yeah exactly so, you know, that, that's totally why the UN Blue Hats are there, you know, and I'm sure in Sudan and 
Niger and all those kind of things. Um, so here we go. Th this is a chart, you know, while we're throwing oil on the fire here. Oil on the fire. There was a, uh, yeah, there, there was a, um, a chart that came out. Of course, you know, PMS NBC has been putting this out once a month. You know, here's the inflation breakdown, but it's for What's July. P Did you say PMS NBC? What is that? Yeah, well, they have a show called The Cycle, and they all act like they have PMS. Um, oh, <laughs> I was like, what? This is this a real thing? Or <laughs> There's so many letters in that. I was like, I have to know if this is a real thing. <laughs> gotcha. That's just funny me. how we started the show making fun of Bill Gates, and now we're ending on Microsoft News. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, we're not ending. I've got a, I've got another one I can throw out there too. Okay, cool. Yeah, uh, we were uh, concerned about running out of articles, and we're already over time. I guess we'll we're just not, have to we're not over time. What are you okay. talking about? We're not out of time. There's no time so, today. Yeah, so Zach, if you want to scroll down in that, there, there's uh, some of the stuff it breaks down. You know, the, the inflation report was in, and uh, July, uh, inflation actually increased, despite what Uncle Jerome promised us right before his last uh, rate increase. Um, so, you know, this just goes over some of the things, some of the average uh, price increases and decreases that you see over various items, um, you know, movies, theaters, concerts, things like that. Now, of course, that's because of Live Nation and Taylor Swift. We all know that. <laughs> um, you know, and then you scroll down on some of the things. You know, it's talking about grocery items. It says the price of butter went down. I remember looking at that. It said butter not went here, down one percent. I'm like, yeah. Wh where are you shopping? Where for do butter, you get bro? butter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're buying you're buying margarine. Uh, you're not buying butter because uh, I know. did see that recently. And honestly, the price, the like disparity in price between butter and like bullshit margarine is like getting like deeper or because uh, it's made with such shitty oils or whatever, and it's probably right. attracting more people you, you to You don't it. even need Fabio to sell it to me anymore. <laughs> you know, like if I'm that broke, I'm, I might break down and buy it. I'll just use oil, man. I'll just, use, you know, something else. But, like, honestly, I got to have butter, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and real it's butter. killing me. It's so expensive. But now, yeah, Kerrygold is my jam, uh, but, I mean, it's $7, $8 a pound. Kerrygold's um, a, little, a little rich for my blood just in terms of not the butter, but the price, but. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, 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 I bounce back and forth. I'll, I'll do that. I do Vitality Farms or uh, the European knockoff of both of them. Plug do you ever get the the Amish roll, like the yeah, pound yeah, roll yeah, of butter? Yeah. Like, that's the way to go, man. Oh, yeah. Carve off a block of it and just put it on the counter for, like, weeks or whatever. And, like, that's the way I do it. Yeah, or just make a Paula Deen recipe and it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paula Deen, two recipes done, like. Yeah, that, but so it, it was going over some of the things that, you know, prices have increased on. And it was like, you know, property leases, uh, you know, automobile prices, automobile rentals, automobile Has leases. anything gone down? Yeah. So that, that was start the, there. It's a smaller list. That's why they're saying inflation overall is increasing because uh, the only thing that has really gone down, you know, the, the margin of things decreasing. Not margarine, but right. margin. Yeah. Well, margarine as well because it's crap. Uh, but it's, I mean, 2% or less of a decrease in price, mm -hmm. you know, certain labors have, have decreased and that's just because people are just trying to like, you know, they can't keep increasing their, their rates anymore. Yeah. But that's, you yeah, know. that's a whole different thing. But something else is increasing. I don't know if you guys saw this story, delivery fees. Holy cow. You know, I just so had, the, uh, yeah, the teams just, just held the UPS that. hostage, uh, UPS drivers, they're about to negotiate a contract with the Teamsters Union 
Okay. The, you know, the average UPS driver after like five years of service is going to be making like 170K. Wait, across five years? After, after like five, like once they're fully vested in the company, fully benefited and all that kind of stuff, like the average pay for a driver at UPS is going to be uh-huh. 170K. A now, year? of course, that, that, that factors in their benefits and their pension as well. So, you know, what they're really bringing home in their paycheck is probably like 90, 95, but holy crap. I got into the wrong business, man. <laughs> right. You know, I'm in the 9, wrong business. 95K a year, full benefits, full pension, all that. And then, and then you're a member of a union, which, you know, I've known some folks work for UPS here in Peachtree City. And uh, there was a guy that showed up to work drunk, set the truck on fire while he was refueling it. On accident? And he got a two-week paid suspension, and he was back at work <laughs> delivering packages again. Oh my God! So imagine you that. Like you're bringing home fire. six figures for that, you know. And like the you know the big trade-off is like you have to work Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah, okay, well, right. cool. Like you know, if you're a single yeah, guy but I've done that across the country of... from your family that you hate anyways, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, that sounds like a great gig. I've done that in a lot of industries anyway, and I didn't get 90K or whatever, bartending <laughs> right. or whatever. Right. So. Well, and that's on top of your pension and benefits. Yeah. You don't get you don't get either of those bartending either. So Exactly. I How mean, do you, you can, set a car on fire though while pumping uh, gas? Uh, I mean, it was in a state of disrepair already. Uh the vehicle but, was like uh, Yeah. Or the gas. Also, he didn't turn it off while he was refueling it. Will that actually do anything? Well, apparently for some older UPS trucks, it will set them on fire. Okay. I don't do it. You know, I don't leave it running, but it's, I, I know it's like frowned upon and like, it's like, you're not supposed to, but I didn't ever really think about like why, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Zach, if you can get into that last link, we put in the private chat. Uh, Zane, did you have something? Yeah. So I know a guy from a men's group in my church who works for um, UPS corporate and like they were making contingency plans, like send out their corporate employees. Like he was gonna have to get sent to like Montana to like, and they were gonna have their corporate employees make the deliveries if they couldn't get the strike with the Teamsters sorted out. That appears to have been averted, but like he was a couple of days away from having to do that. So, Man. like the chef is gonna deliver the pizza kind of a system as a short term stopgap fix or something. Yeah. Man, well, and and so by the way, while we're talking about burning it down, so we have the BRICS Accords. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but it's Brazil, mm-hmm. Russia, India, China, South Africa. Okay, so they have, uh, and especially in the wake of everything President Biden has done against Russia. Why didn't uh, they so, call this cribs? What's that? I like cribs better than bricks, you know. Yeah, well, you know, bricks. I don't know because that's that's what they're throwing at us right now. Uh, they're, they're they're throwing they're throwing bricks into our glass house essentially. Um, so because you you get these countries together, you have you know Brazil and South Africa. You can kind of see, oh, eh, whatever. But then you got Russia, India, and China. Those are the three. Correct me if I'm wrong. Per capita. Their citizens hold more gold than anywhere else on the planet. Oh, I didn't know about this. Oh, yeah. The citizens do? The citizens do. China has been urging its citizens for the last five years in particular to start hoarding gold and precious metals. 
Wow. Uh-oh. Uh, because they're, they're basically, they've kind of almost, you know, underhandedly admitted to their citizens, their currency's crap, and mm -hmm. we're the great Satan, so obviously they hate us too, and, you know, we're the next best thing to the Chinese yuan to a Chinese citizen. Uh, you know, even though they hate us, you know, they, we're the only people they hate more than Japan. Um, you get into all this stuff and it, and it's pretty scary, you know, all these folks forming an alliance. So, you know, you have all the, all the economic sanctions we put on China in the last say 20 years in particular. And then what we've done to Russia in the last say 10 years, you know, we removed Russia a few years ago, removed them from the SWIFT system. So the SWIFT system is how banks pay each other and fund mortgages. And, you know, you got the LIBOR rates and all that kind of stuff, how the banks loan each other money. Mm -hmm. So we removed them from that. So it, it basically crippled Russia's ability to do international trade in U.S. dollars. Oh, okay. Which, with us being the reserve currency, it's kind of a bad move. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're really cocky, you think you're just shutting them down and allowing them to not do international trade anymore. But with these alliances that Russia had already struck up prior to this and just further annealed because of it, Russia's economy is actually flourishing right now, y'all. They always find a way. And it's and it's it. almost totally removed from U.S. dollars. That's interesting. And it's scary as hell because they are a big oil nation. They are a big gold nation. They have lots of natural resources. They yeah. have a vast expanse of geography. When you have as much land as, like, is, it's an, a massive amount of just geographically speaking land, the, the chances that you don't have resources are very low. Like Russia yeah. is a large place. Yeah. So, you know, their citizens haven't been able to make international wire transfers, you know, through Russian banks to, to whatever, all that kind of stuff. They've found ways around it. So now you have, you know, what's called the Durban Accords because these, these countries have annual summits. And I would put this on the radar as more dangerous than a Bilderberg meeting, more mm. dangerous than a Davos meeting. Okay, because this is wow, an international consortium seeking to supplant the world reserve currency. I'm writing this down uh, to look into this more. Yeah, so uh, they're meeting uh, in 13 days, August 23rd in Durban, South Africa. Uh, the Durban Accords, uh, this edition, the 23, 2023 edition of the Durban Accords, they are supposed to launch an international gold-backed currency. And it's going to be, and it's going to really? be backed by the gold reserves of these five nations. An it's international so gold. Dangerous, but it sounds pretty good to me. We're we're a dwarf overnight, uh, so yeah. I mean, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But you know, with countries like China and South Africa at the helm, I don't really trust this is going to be a pro freedom movement. Well, I guess there's a difference between what currency people are using and what governments are in control. Because if we go to it a more gold-backed currency that doesn't necessarily mean that those particular governments stay dominant like my main line of argument about why people shouldn't be so afraid of china is that we need to remember that central planning doesn't work and to think that china is going to suddenly overtake the u.s in terms of raw economic capacity is to make the assumption that central planning works and it doesn't China has a whole lot of problems with its economy, and I'm not really concerned about it. So that's why they alone can't do it, but they can leverage the power of other nations. Yeah, the, the power of other nations that have their own really 
because uh, look, I mean, Russia and India alone is a significant portion of the world's grain supply. Mm. You know, yeah. and, and then you, you've got India rice. that's already announced that they're they're stopping the export of any non-white basmati rice. Yeah, we talked about that. That it, yeah, it's they're stopping. What is it? Jasmine rice and yeah, yeah. Any anything was well, yes. Anything that's not white basmati, they're not exporting it right now. Yeah, and that's particularly crappy for a lot of African nations because that's a lot of them. You know, they're uh, you know impoverished economically. Uh, they get a significant amount of their daily calories from rice. Mm-hmm. China just had one of the worst monsoons on record. Their harvest sucks. Same thing with India. Uh, so that's that's why they're making that move. Ukraine, uh, they're in absolute turmoil. They're not. They're one of the primary sources of fertilizer in the world. So now people that grow grains are having trouble doing that. We've increased our exports. So, you know, just watch out, guys. You know, it's just, you know, if, you, if you're particular with, with some rice or some breads or some stuff like that, that's where the inflation is about to go into turbo power for us. Uh, I mean, just we're on a bad trend, man, in general. And we could tie this in, whether it's like this track and like or if it's more like, you know, global climate catastrophism or whatever, whatever track it is. Like, I, I do honestly think there's going to be some hard times in terms of like food shortages and things and not to be an alarmist about it reuse and recycle you know that's uh we're gonna be yeah we're gonna be reusing sandwich bags we're gonna be flipping them jokers inside out and washing them off and stuff yeah you know i mean i have silicone bags but i saw (laughs) something it's it's definitely important to be prepared for that kind of possibility i guess again a note of optimism a lot of libertarians including me were very concerned about food shortages last winter and thankfully, at least in the U.S., that did not end up materializing. Now, maybe it'll happen in just, just food costs last yeah. year doesn't mean that it's not going to happen in the future. But well, I, it, it, it did we, happen. We, I don't, I don't do, know if you paid attention, but the price of eggs went way up this past winter. That's what it was reflected in cost is like February, it, March, April. Like we had a food shortage. You just you just paid more for the food and you had the money to pay for it. Yeah. Okay, but people people were making claims that it was going to be much worse than it actually was. They didn't starve, right? But yeah, but that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm talking about, though. So that you know, when I say food, I'm not talking about like you're going to be in a bread line with a stamp, you know, for your daily meal, you know, with holes in your clothes, and it's just going to be know, a great depression really all over again. It's not going to be like that immediately. Yeah. You know, the next step is you know, hey, how often do you eat chicken wings now versus three years ago? Yeah, right. You know, who's going to go to a bar and pay a dollar fifty for a wing? Really? Like that's triple what it was just five years ago. Right. Uh, you know, and technically they're cutting the wing in half and selling it as two wings. Yeah. When did that become a thing where like a wing is not the whole wing? Like, <laughs> right. A flat and a drumette and the little tip piece. Like you can't sell these things separate. That's a wing. One. It's this. This is a wing. Like. <laughs> Get out of here. I also yeah. saw in that article, there was a line in there somewhere that said something like Beijing blames the Fed raising rates for like international, you know, financial whatever. And but it's funny that people here a few years ago were like blaming China for with COVID and all that for like international financial ruin or whatever. Well, and China will straight up you know manipulate their currency. Uh, we do it too. Every every major industrialized nation does it. So if you if you actually get into forex trading or you do some kind of study on how to trade forex, that's one of the the, the primary concerns is that these countries are going to get together and manipulate their currency. Even Switzerland has done it. They did it one time in the mid nineties. 
it was substantial uh, because they, you know, the, the Swiss franc maintains parity with the dollar, just like the euro does. You know, there was there was a time a few months ago that uh, a U.S. dollar was worth like a dollar twenty five or a dollar thirty euros. And they were like, this is a problem. And now it's channeling mm -hmm. back in that in, in the same area. You know, now we're getting up into a dollar thirty five, dollar forty Canadian. We should be about a dollar right. quarter. Uh, you know, there's there's certain channels that these countries, you know, get together and they, they like to operate to maintain stability or at least the the visage of, of stability. So we need another country to ruin themselves financially to kind of balance things out, you know. Well, and and there's some that are headed for some demographic cliffs. Uh, you know, you know, certain European countries are, are upset about their influx of migrants, but their current working population is not enough to cover their pensioners retiring. And then there's and that's like kind the of what age. we're headed for too. Is, you know, Gen Z is not really entering and producing in the workforce at the level to support the boomers at the rate they're retiring. Right. You know, That's what I was going to bring up. It's like an age thing, like a generational. Yeah, you brought up demographics. Like age is a big one. Yeah, well, and, and you know, there's there's a, a demographic precipice that we're headed for. Um, and, and I hate to say it, but it's kind of fortuitous. COVID knocked some of these folks off, um, because now we're kind of you know reaching that level of parity again, where the workforce can support the retirees. I'll bring up even just, you know, the old, just the question again of like coincidence, you know what I mean? Like in general, you have a disease that targets just basically that demographic or whatever. I don't know. Right. We don't even need an and, answer. And then if, you, you know, if you believe the official death toll numbers, you know, the boomers just had a, a, a Vietnam level extinction event in the mm -hmm. last two years. Yeah. Before that, it was handguns, you know? Yeah. So... It's just, it's just stuff to look at, and, and you know, I'm not going to be, you know, so doom and gloom that, you know, we're we're going to be, you know, all orphans just hanging out in the cold waiting for our next bowl of soup. Uh, but you know, the next step is, um, you know, going out for sushi is going to suck just as bad as going out for chicken wings does now. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's going to be this. It's just it's a little bit of a pinch. There's just you know a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, a little bit there, and we're a frog in boiling water. You know, now if we continue to produce and kick ass like we always do, we'll, you know, we'll fend our way through this. But, you know, there's certain things, you know, grains and rice and stuff like that. The price is about to go up. And, uh, you know, we could very well, and this is not financial advice, but, you know, we could very well see $3,000 an ounce gold in the next year and a half. I thought you were going to say $3,000 rice. <laughs> $3,000 an ounce rice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, at Salt Bay's restaurant. He'll slather it in butter and sprinkle salt on it. <laughs> oh, it switched. Yeah. But uh, let's see. That That's all I got. I was supposed to get some funny videos. Uh, Zach, can you bring up the the, the riverboat reenactment? Oh, I saw that, yep. and I didn't watch that yet because I saved my genuine reaction for this. But. Yeah. I mean, unless you guys got anything else serious to talk about. I've got 5% battery life left on my stupid pad, and I haven't uh, run my... Uh, power cable yet i'm still like establishing my office here so i have probably five minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right here we go this is gonna this is gonna be a good one to end with this is a reenactment of the the montgomery riverboat oh right <laughs> <laughs> these guys did a good job 
Wait, I'm not sure I've seen the original clip. <laughs> I oh, yeah. Seen, oh, okay. So now you got to go look that one up, Zane. We watched it in the <laughs> wrong order. But this looks like WWE. Like... Oh, yeah. So there was a riverboat in Montgomery, Alabama that was about to shove off. And one of the security guards told the guy, you know, he couldn't get on. And then he and his drunk buddy started swinging. And then instantly, people from the riverboat are filming this fight scene. Oh, here we go. Here's the real thing. So this is, okay, yeah. And these are, so this point of view is people on the boat right now. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So he's telling the guy, you know, boat's about to shove off, get out of here. And they're not having it. What do you just throw his hat for? Right, yeah, he's doing some showboating. I mean, like, you drop it on the ground is one thing, but he, like, frisbeed it. Yeah. Now he's getting ganged up on. Who's throwing something in the water? Yeah, he's got folks coming to help him out. And meanwhile, homeboy jumped in the water. He's swimming over there. <laughs> Oh, no, that's no, what somebody not taking my guy like that. Okay. I love that someone got the guy swimming in the pool. What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, this has been all over the national news this week, other than Hawaii really? being on fire. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for the guy that jumped in the water by the time he was able to swim. It was over. It was yeah. already over. Oh, yeah, he gets he up. He's it, totally man. out of breath too. He's trying. He's trying to. He's trying to puff up and defend the guy. He missed it. He missed all the action. Yeah, and then eventually some guy comes up with a chair. Oh, that's why he throws his hat. <laughs> <laughs> he, throw, he launches his hat. Yeah, and does some kind of Popeye dance, you know. Yeah, and then someone swims. <laughs> All right, makes more sense in this order now. Yeah, yeah. Right, this is very well choreographed. I think Zane and I both don't watch national news, so I didn't see this. I get all my news from podcasts, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I get a lot of mine from memes and stuff. And yeah, th this has been all over memes on Skynet, so I, that's how I got my news on that. I get my news from you guys every Thursday, so yeah. There we go. See, and Elizabeth's got a point. Wings used to be poor people food. Now, lobster used to be poor people food. Exactly. You know, cockroach of the sea. Yeah. Um, but now it's, you know, upper middle class are the only people that can really handle it. Yeah. So, There's, a, I mean, a long tradition of people turning the scraps into something edible and then turning it into something delicious. And then the rich people that gave them the scraps now want that thing. And then it becomes too expensive, and we got to find start the cycle all over again with a new thing that nobody wants. You know, a new cut of meat or a new whatever. Like, right? You know, I, I remember the porterhouse steak, which was like a it was like a sirloin with a ribeye still attached to it. It's the uh, it's porterhouse is if it's no yeah T bone is the uh, New York and the filet mignon. Yeah, porterhouse. I'm not even sure what cut the porterhouse is now. That porterhouse was uh, two cuts, and you don't see anybody anymore serving porterhouse. I love porterhouse. No one serves yeah. porterhouse. No, I had porterhouse I had is a, great. I had a porterhouse that like 
Outback State. No, Texas Roadhouse. I was at Roadhouse Texas has Roadhouse a porterhouse, yeah. Several months ago because a friend of mine was working there. And there I was going to get like the 40% friends and family discount. So I immediately ordered the most expensive thing on the menu, which was like the 23-ounce porterhouse. Yeah, like yeah. $60 steak, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, no. At, at Texas Roadhouse, it was only like $27. <laughs> A porterhouse is a strip and a tenderloin or a fillet together, and it's like the same thing as T-bone. You just get more fillet. I think it's T-bone just further down on the loin or something like at a different like you know either like fore or aft or whatever of the steer, but like a similar stretch of the in the wake of the Obama inflation. I don't see the porterhouse anymore. I don't see it at my grocery store anyway. I used to be able to go to look, you know. English I can't afford steak one. at the grocery store, so I don't even fucking look anymore. You know, right? <laughs> I'm like, you know, working with ground beef now at this point, man. Ground chuck is what I can afford. Like, <laughs> right. I can yeah. do good things with ground chuck, but it's still just ground chuck, you know. Like, yeah, well, it's, or or it's what red beans and rice. Yeah, a lot, a lot of price of, that, of rice yeah. is going up, so a lot of kielbasa, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this is why I'm not as familiar with where the cuts are on the steer anymore because I can't eat the damn cuts anymore, so it doesn't matter. Like, I, all I get is chuck, exactly. so it doesn't matter. God, I get chuck yeah. and I tripe, you know, is what I can afford. Like, hey, tripe tacos are not to be messed with. No, dude, I'll eat tripe. I'll, I'll tear yeah, up if they're done right. Yeah. Or yeah, lingua. If you had some lingua tacos, oh, that's my favorite, dude. Lingua <clears throat> is the bomb, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Give, see, that's what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Give me the pork cuts that no one wants and turn them, you know, cook them for 12 hours and, and I'll eat that, you know. Yeah. Like, put some fancy gravy on it. I'm all over it. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And cabeza, like, yeah. Basically, head tacos, man. It's good. I haven't had those. Cabeza's good, man. Okay. Yeah. I'll eat, honestly, I'll eat anything, man. I mean, <laughs> not cockroach milk or whatever, but like, if it comes from like, <laughs> On animal, right. like I'll eat. I'll say I'm, I'm gonna hit you with a uh, uh, double scoop into milk Sunday one day. No, I'm not not into that. No, you know, <laughs> just tell me they're pistachio in there, and then maybe uh, you trick me into eating cricket <laughs> yeah. ice cream. Or it's whatever. really ground up grasshoppers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's all I have for tonight, Phyllis. Uh, I mean, we're we're at about two and a half hours, so uh, that's a good run. Yeah, I, I think we're gonna call it. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Yeah, happy uh, birthday. So we'll just say, uh, you know, lpgeorge.com, you know, follow them. Uh, they, they make this whole thing possible. And, uh, you know, shout out to Jake. Uh, you know, thank you for letting us take the reins tonight. There we go, Zach. Throw that link up there, lpgeorge.com slash join. Uh, for the price of one month of Netflix, you can be a, a LP member and fund endeavors like this and many others. Um for yeah, less than the of... price of one porterhouse per year, you can have <laughs> membership. There you go. Yeah. One porterhouse per year, I'll give you a shout out every week if you want to throw it my way. <laughs> so <laughs> well, that's all I have. Uh, thank you, folks. Tune in next week. Yeah. That's fun.